It is how do we follow up what happened yesterday, Wednesday, March 9th, 2022. This sports show begins right now. Yeah. Can't thank you enough for joining us here at youtube.com forward slash the Pat McAfee show. I'm going to be 100% honest. I couldn't wipe my ass this morning. Oh, no. <laughs> Body's a little sore. I've been getting after it. You know, WrestleMania Sunday is 25 days away. And on that particular evening, you will see this foot kick the head off of a thirst trap named Austin Theory. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. With that being said, yesterday was quite a whirlwind. Uh-huh. What a life we're living. The two biggest NFL stories all came to a finality, basically, in within hours of each other. Russell Wilson getting traded to the Denver Broncos. Aaron Rodgers, via us, going back to the Green Bay Packers. That contract is still being sorted out, mm-hmm. although they are still reporting the four-year, $200 million lie that has been wrong since <laughs> the beginning. Mm-hmm. Bobby Wagner, Seahawks linebacker. He's been there for a long time. He's also being cut by the Seahawks. But I heard Schefter talk this morning on Get Up. This is not a rebuild by the Seattle Seahawks. They are just making some moves that they feel best fit them. All right, seems like you guys are probably going to fucking stink over there. I guess that's not a rebuild. That's a, hey, how you doing? Keep it moving. Excited to see what happens today. There's players franchise tag yesterday. We'll talk about all of that. And we have three big guests. Okay. Three? Three? I think first time ever. Okay. Greg Olson? He's been on before. Oh. Really? Well, Greg Olson's on. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, just launched a podcast today, I believe, oh, nice. uh, called Youth. Yep, you think. You think where he has conversations with Jerry Rice and Michael Gervais. Don't know who the second one is, but I do believe the entire podcast is about youth sports. He just launched an audio-rama company, a podcast network. Nobody else has ever done that. He's launching a podcast network with Ryan Khalil, Vince Vaughn, and Mikey Fowler. Wow. One of those things is not like the other, but Mikey Fowler is a guy that we met at Barstool. Mm -hmm. Uh, We didn't get to work together with him much. He wanted to turn my show into a block show. A block, B block, C block, D block. Told him you're probably a good guy. Don't want to talk to you ever again about uh, what's going to happen with my show or not, though, because my brain doesn't operate like that. I wish I was incredibly talented, as is Greg Olson. I can't wait to hear what he's up to, what he's cooking. And also, I think he's up for the Fox One job. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully he'll get that thing. He was a part of my retirement. Greg Olson mm-hmm. is Captain America. I fucking love that dude. Excited to chat with him in about 10 minutes. John Rothstein will sleep in May. This <laughs> oh, is <yeah>. March. <laughs> Talk to him hour two alongside AJ Hawk. And then Matt Money Smith. Oh. Not only the host of the NFL Power Rankings alongside Dan Zeus, I guess he's also calling Big Ten really? Conference basketball games. Hell yeah. We, we found out that he's in town because the Big Ten Championship is right here in Indianapolis, Indiana. As is... Basically, everything that wants to be run smoothly is right here in Indianapolis, Indiana. He's calling games. We're getting a chance for him to stop by. Can't wait to chat with him about his life. There's going to be an ever-evolving story pop-up today, we assume, in the NFL. We'll have it all for you. Plus, your phone calls on the 5 Energy phone line, one 833 4 McAfee. Can't wait to chat with you. Let's go to the talks table at Boston Connor. The mall It's looking fantastic. Got a barber coming in tomorrow that we've never heard Ooh. of, but I think he's going to do great. Thank you, Pat. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Can't wait to see what you look like. And then at Ty Schmidt, yesterday was a massive day for you. Oh, yeah. For your dreams, your hopes, your life, your legacy. How do you feel here 24 hours removed from the fact that Aaron Rodgers is coming back? We have no idea for how long. We don't know what the term is. We don't know who else is going to be on the squad. But Aaron Rodgers coming back to the pack. You've gotten a day to digest it. How do you feel? Yeah, I still 
on cloud nine, Atta obviously. Baby. And then we you end the day with Devontae signing the franchise, so he's at least coming back for you know next year. But like I said, not thinking about down the down the road here. I mean, they have updated the the cap stuff, and now the Packers, you know, are forty seven million over or something like that. So it will be interesting to what see is what it, happens. What is that number on? Just to add the Devontae. Is that yeah. Devontae's thing? Yeah, I Probably. believe so. Which is higher than most wide receiver franchise tags because the franchise tag is the average of the top five salaries at your position without bonuses or 120% of the year prior contract. Just learned that yesterday. Because yeah. yeah. normally when people get franchise tags, they're coming off their rookie deal, so the contract is nowhere near what the top five at your position would be. Devontae getting 120% of what last year's contract is. He's making $20 million. Other wide receivers are making 19 or $18 million. Mm-hmm. He's back for another year. Aaron's <clears throat> back at least for another year, it seems like. I can't wait to see the details of that contract linger out. That will be interesting to see how that happens. But then, And then the rust thing happens in oh. every everyone's you know taking pictures of hey these are the quarterbacks in the afc these are the quarterbacks in the nfc so if you're a packer fan you're thinking hey listen they they will be right there in terms of you know the top of the walk in the in the nfc so i'm still on cloud nine i'm feeling great yeah it should be a great offseason for you ty schmidt i mean i'm pumped for you i'm excited for you the colts i guess we're having carson Wentz a quarterback here we go mm-hmm. let's go sweet. here we go it'll be the second year in the yep. system yeah one more ride nine and eight again no, no, we're making playoffs. Well, we're making playoffs. That, that team, seven Pro Bowlers, ain't going to not yeah. make the playoffs again. Next well, year. it could. But this is what a lot of teams are staring down now, especially upon learning that Russell Wilson was available for trade. So whenever you hear that Russell Wilson, for two first rounders, two second rounders, a fifth, and three players, you could have got Russell Wilson. There's a lot of quarterback needy teams or quarterback hungry teams that you thought maybe would have gotten to the mix. Allegedly, the Washington Commanders and the Philadelphia Eagles were trying to get um, Russell Wilson, and there's there's conflicting reports now coming out. Benjamin Albright of the Denver whatever. He's in Denver. Right. Mm-hmm. He's a Denver guy. Mm-hmm. He's reporting that he can confirm that Russell Wilson would not waive his no trade clause to go to Washington and Philadelphia. And as a Denver person, Benjamin Albright uh, reporting that. Like, that makes Denver look very good. Obviously, the reports were that General George Payton was playing on Russell Wilson the whole time. It wasn't because Aaron Rodgers. No. It was Russell Wilson, and now Mm -hmm. Benjamin Albright Albright is reporting that Denver's the only place that Russell Wilson would go, which, by the way, all these things are awesome, and Russell Wilson is going to be incredible in Denver. Yeah. We are big fans of Russell Wilson, the football player. We just always have to talk about the drama that is surrounding Russell Wilson. This has been a two-year process now, him getting traded to Denver, but there was a report that the Seahawks would not trade him to an NFC team. So if they would not trade him to an NFC team, what, the commander's new name, same conference? Right, yeah, NFC. I believe so. Yeah. I don't think they switched. The Philadelphia Eagles, they're also yeah, they're in, in the NFC. NFC. Yeah, so somebody's fucking lying. Hmm. That, I don't want to be the person that puts people on blast, but people are saying that Russell wouldn't waive the no-trade clause to go back home to Washington or to go to Philadelphia. That sounds great. That sounds nice. But also there was reports that Seattle would not trade him to any team in the NFC. So neither of those really seem to add up. Yeah, a lot of bullshit reports lately. There does seem to be that. I'm not saying Benjamin's lying or that Seattle no. wouldn't trade him to an MV- NFC thing, but it feels like there's a lot of contradicting shit going on. And that's the offseason, I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Them still running with the four years, $200 million after Aaron tweeted. 
Yeah. Hey, the terms in the contract, not accurate. Well, and they also, they put the tweet up on the screen and put it right there for you, and then boom, you know, brought, brought it in right afterwards. Hey, we were on uh, the Today Show, I believe. It's really? really? Yeah, they were talking about Aaron Rodgers' new big money contract on the Today Show. <laughs> Al Roker. Yeah, me, Al Roker, actually, I guess he did say something my wife watches in the morning, and I was down there boxing. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm boxing, Stairmaster, uh-huh. and that's what I'm doing. My arms, I can't really move them right now. Yeah. To be honest, standing back up is going to be tough with <laughs> how the body feels right now. But she screamed down, oh, you're on the Today Show. And normally, anytime media is talking about us, I'm getting buried. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I was like, am I getting killed? They're like, no, 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 it's not that bad. I'm like, thank you, Sam. I appreciate that. So everybody's covering it. It's been an interesting day for me. Uh, a lot of people, you know, pinning us versus Rappaport. Who's right, who's wrong? I guess we'll have to see. Yeah. yeah. To be In guess, due time. I guess we'll have to mm-hmm. see. I'm pretty confident. Yeah. My source says told me something that I guess he also has sources though too. And maybe that deal was something that was talked about, but our source says said that's not <clears throat> something that he would like to sign up for because maybe allegedly our source says told us that he would like to build up a team and go on a run here and get his guys back. You know, the people that are owed money, which wouldn't be able to be possible with a $200 million contract, especially with where the green Bay Packers are currently sitting. Time will tell. Mm -hmm. Hey, Time will tell. We'll see. We'll find out. I'll just sit back. And by the way, in the modern world that we're in right now, welcome to it. We are in the era, in the age of the truth will be found at some point. Mm -hmm. It'll come out. Won't be talked about, but it'll come out at some point. I feel very good about my reporting. At Tone Diggs, you're sitting alongside me, pal. You got Mason Rudolph, a quarterback. Uh, Allegedly, the Steelers were in on a couple different uh, moves here, trying to get Russell or trying to get Aaron. How do you feel about Mason Rudolph being a starting quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Apparently, they they weren't fucking in on Russell, which blows my mind, even though when I put out a tweet that said I would have loved Russ, 99% of Steelers fans said they wouldn't have given up what the – the Broncos did, which I think is fucking insane. Hmm. Um, well, what is that narrative? Ryan Clark, right? Ryan Clark a couple <clears throat> weeks ago said, Russ isn't that good. Mm-hmm. What are we even doing? I was wild. I did not know that. I thought he was really good at football. I thought Russell Wilson was very good at football. I thought we all kind of understood yeah, Russell Wilson very good at football. All that, I'm sorry, all that tells me is that they think that they have a better chance of winning the Super Bowl with those draft picks and Mason than without the draft picks and Russell Wilson, which – there's Which, people saying that Seattle got a good deal. Oh, yeah. They lose Russell Wilson. They got two firsts, two seconds, a fifth, and a couple players. They won the deal. I hate people that say this. I <laughs> I fucking hate it. I, they said it about the Lions and Stafford last yeah. year. I can't take it. I You just got a you just got a Hall of Fame quarterback probably. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I'd give up every pick if we get a Hall of Fame quarterback and we have a team around. That's the just, Rams already forgot about those picks. Exactly. Those were non-existent. Yeah, Sean McVay's on a yacht, not even coming to the comp. Not only did he give away his picks, he doesn't have to go to the combine. He gets to be on a goddamn yacht. Stafford's one thing. That guy never won a playoff game before. But, I mean, Russ, Jeez. multiple Super Bowls. He has yeah. more touchdowns uh, in his first 10 years of playing in the NFL than only one person, and that person was Peyton Manning. So, I mean, Russ is a fucking guy. Yeah, and by the way, let Russ cook. We'll see what they do in uh, Denver. They had a stat this morning. He has the most deep balls and something, and they're talking about the thin air now. He's going to be able to bring that thing down from the clouds. Joining us now, former teammate of Russell Wilson. By the way, incredible commentating games. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Launching a podcast network called Audiorama. The first episode of his podcast, the premier podcast of the Audiorama podcast network, Youth Inc., absolute superstar, Captain America, future Hall of Famer, ladies and gentlemen, Greg Olson. Yeah. Yeah. 
tell you, man. I feel like this is a long time coming. Yeah. I saw you outside the Super Bowl. I was like, how do you never ask me to come on your show? I see all these other guys coming on your show. I was starting to feel a little left out. Greg, I don't want to get into it because I like you a lot. But tight end you, you guys did interviews with every fucking person that's spoken to a microphone except for us. Is that is that what it was? Is that where this starts? Yeah, yeah. And I am a spiteful person. You know this. <laughs> I, 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 I saw. Let's flush this out. Let's okay. flush it out. What happened? What ha you, literally every single every so single I, show I that remember, exists. Go ahead. I remember. Didn't mean you. Didn't we DM each other through Instagram? Yes. And like, hey, tight end you, come on, on the show. You're like, you got I'm it. Pulling up. I'm pulling it up right now. <laughs> I feel like I left you the last message Let's yeah see. your last message was two days after you guys were on every other show it's like i'm not i'm not interviewing this guy after he's been on every right, single so, show so as long as we've established that i last said yeah man would love to come on and then you ghosted me as long as we establish that's how the communication ended i think we can move forward in a good way greg i was not happy i was, I was so mad because i was like man these dudes are doing interviews with literally you guys were doing podcasts and i think got like 15 20 downloads to promote this tight end university and we couldn't even get a sniff no nope. travis kittle greg what? everybody around All the league you guys are everywhere and we can't even get a sniff i'm like i thought we were friends but anyway we give you the when we're doing it again this year we haven't started so don't get sensitive we haven't started don't want to hear it don't care nope. don't care the old nope. lineman invited me down to their thing i'm, I'm on the o-line you dude okay i don't well i'm you're with the big out, boys man. you're missing out no that is uh you how's off. your pass set oh greg you see have you seen this i, I mean, saw you try to pass set the the kid from michigan yeah fucking also I we thought almost fell off the stage washed him down no no Greg, no, no, no. no we we screw 30 yards yeah. 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 he went around he went too far he didn't run the hoop yeah exactly well he did run yeah. the hoop but we were coming right inside there so yeah, i actually I thought, you, I thought you looked great Thank you, Greg. Not as good as you. Um, let's talk about this, though, for real. You are an awesome human being. You were a part of my retirement press conference. Killed it. I think immediately upon that day, it was our first time meeting you. It was like, yeah. oh, this guy's handsome, athletic, massive, funny, charming, <laughs> smart. Like, oh, this guy's going to be able to do whatever the hell he wants when he retires. Now we're watching you commentate. You're launching a podcast network. I'm, I'm so incredibly happy for you, Greg, that you're just crushing this life in retirement. Well, right back at you, man. I, I'll tell you, you're, you're one of the few shows, and I mean this genuinely, and I told you this at the Super Bowl. I consume I'm pretty much on a daily basis a good percentage of your show. I, I love the, the interviews. I told you the other day, it just seems like the people that come on your show genuinely enjoy it. You know, I saw the Vince McMahon thing like last week with the WrestleMania. My kids, by the way, love SmackDown. Like, it's a huge deal. My daughter, who's nine, is obsessed with it. So we'll be watching you in WrestleMania and all that. So it's, it, I just think your show is awesome. I, I love coming on it. I think you guys have a great time, you and your buddies. It just, it's definitely a show that I think a lot of people entering this field try to emulate and try to follow. And I remember that press conference well, man. I. I asked you a question. You told me to go fuck myself. <laughs> <laughs> that was part of it, though. That was part of it. That, that was, it was all part of the bit. Yeah, 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 it was yeah, all, yeah. I think people watching that, I actually had someone, the day you guys announced your big, your big announcement a couple weeks ago with, uh, um, with FanDuel and whatnot, I had people like reminiscing about your retirement. And they're like, this is why McAfee never has you on. He hates you. I was like, guys, you realize that was all like part of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. People, was, I'll tell you, people take that shit serious. But uh, that was fun. Rappaport walked in. He was in the wrong press conference. It was a... That was a good day. That that was a lot of fun to be a part of. Well, we were very lucky that you were a part of it. And by the way, your acting was so good. Oh, yeah. Top you tier. You still got people years later saying, oh, it, it was that day. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, Greg, let's talk uh, about you a little bit. Obviously, the podcast is out today. Two episodes, Jerry Rice and Michael Gervais, who I don't know Michael Gervais, but I believe Youth Inc., the podcast that you're launching through the Audio Rama Network, which you have founded alongside Vince Vaughn, Ryan Khalil, and Mikey Fowler. Uh, you're talking about youth sports. What, what is this? You have kids, obviously, very yeah. documented. Your uh, fatherhood is your dad of the year dude always have been but what is it you hate the modern sports the world is that what is it about you think that is uh kind of the whole podcast yeah there's really not a hate to it so so really the creation of it was you know for anyone who's kind of living in this world of youth sports and trying to figure out the, the amount of decisions that parents have to make on a daily basis something as simple as what equipment to use what league to sign up for but then also just trying to figure out you know, how many sports a season does your kid play? Well, what if the kid down the street's only playing baseball? Should your kid only be playing baseball? Should it be traveling? What's too much? You know, how do you... Then there's like the whole parenting aspect of it. You know, how hard to push your child? When is enough? You know, and my wife and I were living this, you know, and as you said, I, I grew up in this world. My dad was my high school football coach for 40 years. He was like the old school, in your face, tough high school football guy, you know, stereotypical and I harbored a lot of that and really carried a lot of those lessons with me. And it was a big part of my career. And now I'm a parent, right? Now I'm coaching youth teams, baseball teams. We're coaching flag football and whatnot. And I'm like laying up at night, dude, stressing out about how to get Johnny to put the ball in play. And this parent doesn't like which position his kid's playing. And it's just, I lay in bed. I say to my wife, I'm like, if I don't know how to do this, who does? You know, I've spent my whole life in this. And from those conversations, we're like, there's a journey here that we can take and bring viewers along with us and show the good, the bad, the ugly, everything in between, and just go out and get these unique perspectives. You brought up uh, Michael Gervais. So Michael Gervais is a world-renowned sports psychologist. He was episode number one. I met him personally. He works very closely with the Seahawks and Russ and, and Pete and those guys. And just his perspective to kick this show off, the conversation was fascinating, made me like reevaluate my entire approach to my life. And it was like I was in like a shrink therapy. session. You're in therapy. <laughs> yeah. you're, it was it was wild. So it's it's a really cool thing. We partner with Invisalign. We have a shared real passion to kind of target youth sports and and really uncover this ever changing landscape. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. We've been working on on Audiorama, the, the parent company with Vince and Ryan for well over a year. And uh, we've got a really cool team together. And we're expecting to hopefully uh, people catch on and enjoy what we're doing. Hey, congrats, man. Yeah. Appreciate awesome. that. Appreciate it. I'm not a father yet. Uh, hopefully one day I'll be lucky enough to, but I see the internet and, uh, you know, youth sports yeah. is wide. I mean, it seems like it's insane. AJ Hawk, who's normally with us, he's coaching all of his kids. He's coaching his daughter. And he talks about how some of these parents are just absurd. And I assume this has always been the case, but now with social media spotlighting it and gaslighting it and make, making people probably feel like it's okay to act like an ass more often, it's insane. I'm, I'm very thankful that you're going through this. You're probably going to change a lot of people's lives, which is awesome. Well, did you know you were going to be a good podcast host? Like you said, uh, you talked to Michael Gervais, and it felt like, it was a therapy session. That's what you're aiming for in every podcast, every conversation you get lost in, right? I mean, that's literally that's what it. you're looking for. Absolutely. And the hope was, you know, the first episode was, was Gervais, and then the second episode was Jerry Rice. We had a chance to meet him How shortly was that? after I saw you at Super Bowl Experience. What's that? How was Jerry? He, he was not good on our show. <laughs> he did not like I don't think he had any respect for me at all. It was, <laughs> it no, was, it was cool. I, I, the, the really cool thing about Jerry was we got to obviously reflect about, you know, his childhood and his introduction to football and his parents didn't let him play football. It was his high school principal that saw him cutting class, running out of the back door, brought him in, was like, we got to get you involved in something. His mom finally relented and let him play. Of course, his, his career speaks for itself. 
But then he watched his kids. He had two sons that both were recruited. His one son just transferred in the portal to USC with with um, you know with them over there. Lincoln so Riley, yeah, with Lane. So it with um, Riley, Riley, yeah, yeah, and um, so just him going through it with the NIL yeah. and what that perspective was like, you know. And I asked him. I said, Jerry, if I'm your kid's high school coach, can I coach your kid to play wide receiver? Yeah. You know, like, how do I coach Jerry Rice's kid? And then at night he goes home and he tells his dad, hey, Coach Olsen told me I'm stepping with the wrong foot. And Jerry Rice is like, hey, tell Coach Olsen to call me. I talk, You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it was a really cool conversation. So it, it, it was a really unique perspective. We got some other really cool. I'm actually interviewing Sean Johnson, you know, the gold medalist Olympian. You know, gymnastics is a really different animal now for young kids and hey, what that commitment those like. so, documentaries are wild over there. Those yeah, are early hours, wild. hard, hard hours, too. I mean, that's hard. That's real now. They, they think we take flag football serious. These parents have no idea until you step foot in a gymnastics gym. So it's going to be a fascinating conversation. We're going to tackle it from all different sides. And uh, I think people will come away with things that apply to them personally. And then they can make the best decision for their child. And that's all we're looking to do is be that resource. The podcast is called Youth Inc. It is out now. Michael Gervais, sports psychologist, and Jerry Rice available. Let's talk about Michael Gervais. You said he, I think Russell Wilson also uh, scheduled to be a guest on yep. there. He's the newest member of the Denver Broncos. Two first rounders, two second rounders, a fifth, and three players. And people are saying that Seattle won that draft, or won that trade. Russell Wilson, if you can get him on your team, you you get him on your team. What was he like as a teammate? What was he like as a human? How would you describe Russell Wilson? Because from the outside looking in, it's like, oh, this guy seems to portray the perfect person all the time. Hey, clear eyes, full hearts, here we go. His mic'd ups are like out of a movie. <laughs> Greg, they're out of they a are. movie almost. I'm like, I've never met somebody like this. You got to be teammates with him. You know him very well. When I saw you outside of Radio Row, we also, I met Russell Wilson for the first time. He gave you a big hug, a lot of love there. What do you think Denver's getting and how do you feel about the trade as a whole? Yeah, I think the notion that Seattle won that trade is a bit is a bit interesting. I, I Dumb. think you could say it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I don't necessarily agree with that. I think yeah, they got a couple players in the trade. Really, the two first rounders were what are what moves the needle. But to give away two first rounders that you know you hope that those first rounders aren't that high, right? Into the future, trading picks is all based on how good do you think you're going to be, right? So to trade a first round pick. This year, you can't obviously control. But for the following years, if you have Russell Wilson on your team, you're hoping you're not picking until the later third yeah. at the minimum, but you're hoping you're a playoff team and you're picking in the late 20s, early you know, 30, 31, whatever. And you're not worried about it. To give up that future pick in the first round and then the subsequent, you know, the way it falls in the, in the following rounds, to get Russell, right? And that, when we, call, we called their game when they beat the Cowboys this year and no one expected them to go in there and they beat the brakes off the Cowboys. And we thought going in, that the quarterbacks, they were an elite quarterback away from having the pieces offensively, defensively. They got weapons. The defense played really well. So to add Russell to that mix and give up two guys, you know, the, the defense alignment, Harris, I think, is a good player. But the two offensive guys, Noah Fant, was not really doing a ton in the offense. Obviously, the, the quarterback. He's so, bummed. No, Noah's bummed. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, like, I don't know if they gave up a ton of people. Yeah, they gave up draft capital. But who knows? Those picks could have been busts anyway. Yeah, and that, but you I, get a foregone. I mean, look what LA did. They don't have a first round pick. Yeah, but they got Jalen Ramsey. They got Matt Stafford. They got. I mean, they're getting real dudes. Greg, Tampa, Denver with Peyton, Matt Stafford. Now Russ. I mean, it's just like it feels like all these other elite quarterbacks. It's going to be hard not to look around and be like, 
well, if I leave, even though I love this place, which I think Russ just put out a tweet to Seattle, like forever grateful for Seattle. I'm sure he has a lot of love. His restaurants he goes to up there, the people he knows, his neighbors, whatever. The, actually, that compound, he probably got no neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> thing. But whatever the case, he's got a lot of love for Seattle. Yeah. But he, he knows that the blueprint has been laid. If you go to a new place and they kind of just give you the keys, which I think they're going to do in Denver. Like, hey, Russ, him and Nathaniel Hackett are probably going to have a great relationship is what how Aaron described it. He's going to have massive success. Now, that's a tough division. Is that something that any quarterback would ever think about? Like, Greg, for, I said this yesterday. Those quarterbacks at that level, and people are talking about Aaron, Aaron staying in the NFC, smart, hard road through the AFC or whatever. It's like Aaron doesn't give a damn about that. Russell going in the AFC West. Russell's like, ah, oh, they're in my division now, right? Like that is, I don't think like the, the separation between how fans and pundits view that versus how these quarterbacks view it is vastly different, I think. Am I wrong in thinking that, you think, Greg? No, I don't. No, I don't think you're wrong at all. I think from the outside, the reality is, yes, the hard division does change your ability to win it. It does change your ability to get a higher seed, home, f- you know, home field potentially is the number one, or however the works. Yes, on the outside looking in, that's all real. Internally, guys like Russ, guys that just really operate at that high level. I know you know, you know, you guys have Aaron on a lot, similar mindset. Those guys are not sitting around saying, "I'm going to dodge this team. I'm going to dodge this division." They, they they don't they don't process things like that. They attend, they approach every situation that you have to worry about me, right? I'm coming into your division, so now you have to be on notice, right? LA and, you know, they don't view things the other way around. And that's like the true competitive spirit that a lot of these really unique guys have. And you asked about what Russ was like, and I know the the mic'd up stuff sometimes almost sounds scripted, but I can tell you from firsthand experience, whether it was a Zoom call during the pandemic in March when I first signed there and he's like texting me, I'm on spring break at the pool in Orlando. And I'm like, (laughs) Hey, dude, I'm on spring break. He's like, in an hour, I'm going to have a Zoom link sent to you. My sister, and I'm like, all right, we're like going over the playbook. Whether it was March (laughs) or whether it was the day before the wild card round of the playoffs before we lost to the Rams, he's the same guy every single day. And it's almost hard to believe that like someone could be that routine and like be that consistent, but he really is. And it's probably the best compliment that I could pay him. There's no such thing as like, this is less important than this he doesn't operate like that his brain just doesn't function at that level and uh he's just a really really fascinating and a really driven and motivated and consistent personality and then of course the physical tools on the field everyone can see that clearly so good at the football. I mean, he should have been starting for the Yankees. Yep. The Yankees stink. Yeah, yeah, they true, probably should have signed him yeah. actually Baseball. last year. But whenever I, I – that was my first time meeting him in person outside Radio Row when you were out there. That was yeah. fr- and I literally said to him, I'm like, hey, Russ, man, massive respect, dude. Obviously, I thought you were like a movie character, but then everybody <laughs> says – everybody says you're the same person all the time. And he was like, oh, I appreciate that, man. Like that, He was like super cool. I said, I'm yeah. going to send a request at some point for you to come on the show. Feel free to tell me to go fuck myself, right? <laughs> I thought – Hey, I heard you say that. I walked away. I was laughing my ass off. I was like, that was such a pro move by Mackey. I was like, he did the sly, like, hey, I'm going to ask you. But seriously, dude, say no. It's not a big deal. Like, it was such a good backhanded. It was very well hedged. Well, 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 no, I wanted him to know. It was like, very well hedged. Thank you. I felt pretty good about it. Because I mean, now I'm, if he does turn you down, he's like, yeah, I told him to. It's fine. I told him to. Bingo. Yeah, well, I'm not going to tell anybody when we send a request. So nobody's going to yeah. know. Like, we are not going to publicize that. But him on Manning, on the Manning cast was awesome. I mean, yeah. just I, I feel like I have really developed – 
Because it's hard to believe that he's a real human. And I think, like, in the NFL, in the locker room, especially a quarterback, like, that's a position where the team has to rally around and believe and, like, you, you have to be the guy. That's how the NFL, we know it. We all know it. I was very lucky to be a part of some great teams that had incredible quarterbacks. But I just, every time I heard him mic'd up, I'm like, I would like to see, like, some of my friends deal with this guy doing, like, the, the movie quotes almost. And if it's he's like that every single day, people have to fucking love being around him because that's an yep. energy that you can't get. Um, let's talk about you for a second before the boys have their questions. And we're talking to Greg Olson. His podcast, uh, Youth Inc., is available right now. Two episodes. Debut podcast for Voice-O-Rama? Audio-Rama. Audio-Rama. Shit. Should we cut? <laughs> I didn't want to kill your brand there. I mean, that's it's all good, man. We're back. We're gonna. We're we're good. We're very resilient. We're resilient. <laughs> I'll just I'll just tell Vince Vince Vaughn was like, hey, tell McAfee I'll come on. I'll, I'm just gonna tell. I'm gonna text him and be like, nah, dude, he got it wrong. Maybe next year. Hey, Vince Vaughn, huh? Maybe me and him get into a little. Hey, huh? what Maybe would you guys do? And take oh, what would you do? I don't know. I have no idea. I would just ask him to just go on a rant so that I could chime in so that I just hear where he gets going because it feels like. He is, he is a, an all-timer. Oh, that's what I've heard. And his brain is almost on display in these movies. They're like, that's not scripted. That's just Vince Vaughn no. doing Vince Vaughn right there. He's a genius. How'd you meet him? We, we lived in Chicago. We actually met, I mean, God, 15 years ago when I was living in Chicago. He was living in Chicago. And we just struck up a friendship and, you know, kind of hung out there and, and got to know him and his wife. And just all these years later, he lives with, they live by each other. Kim and Khalil live out in Manhattan Beach, you know, live in the Hollywood life out there. Khalil's got a production company that he's producing some Apple shows right now. He's got White Man Can't Jump in the thing. I mean, he's doing – him and Blake Griffin are, are partners in a production group out there. So him and Vince have gotten to be really close. So the three of us were just kind of sitting around. We were having dinner out, actually out in in uh, Manhattan Beach uh, last winter, last spring or so, and just started kicking around this idea I had about You Think. And from there we said, you know, why would we go out and offer this to another platform? Let's just build something around it, a great team around it, own it, and then accumulate and build out other really interesting content. So that's kind of the genesis of Audiorama and uh, why we decided to just kind of go out and do it on our own. By the way, I like that. I like that a lot. Don't let anybody yeah, you, else. Can, yeah, you get it. You get it. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I don't just like it. I absolutely love it. But let's I talk about that. what you do for other people because Fox is very lucky that you are a commentator, okay? And I am somebody that I watch the games and I want to hear what the commentators are saying because commentators get access to conversations that nobody else gets. So my studying uh, for The Daily Show is almost listening to the commentators because they have those interactions the night before. What little piece of information can drop out of that that I can use for the show? You are unbelievable in there. I want to let you know that. I, I, I assume a lot of people tell you that. Uh, there's a lot of harsh critics for commentating for the NFL, for the biggest league in, in the world. You're so good. Did you know you were going to be good? Did you practice? Was it just like a fish to water when you got in the booth? And what do you think it's because of just your experience and how laid back you are? You crush it in there, man. Honestly. Well, I, I appreciate that. I'll, I'll tell you one a, a really cool moment. Again, I, I watch your show, obviously, a lot, especially with Rodgers. When you and Rodgers did talk about it, oh, yeah. and he actually unprompt, you know, without being prompted, brought my – that was a shout-out to McAfee. Hey, we got big respect for it you, It was a dude. good lead. It was a good leading question. I know that's why you asked him. Well, absolutely, man. Come on. You got to throw the out loop up there. <laughs> no, you know, I, I was fortunate. You know, back in 2017, um, I had did – a long time ago, back in 14, 15, I, Fox had me out. I was in California actually visiting Khalil for the summer – Went in, did a, you know, just did a, um, like a mock game in the studio for the, for the executives and some of the people there. It, you know, you just call a playoff game from the year before. So I went in and did that as like a rehearsal. They thought it went well. 
So then in 2017 on my bye week, they asked me a few weeks before, they're like, hey, would you want to call a game? We'll put you in a three-man booth with Charles Davis and Kevin Burkhart, who I've known for a long time. He did my rehearsal. He's, you know, obviously, he's my partner now. And so the three of us did a three-man booth for a game uh, back in 2017, really enjoyed it. Then 2019, they said, hey, we'd love to have you back and do it again on your bye, but we want to see you in a two-man booth. So I did it with Kenny Albert, and that went really well, too. So um, you know, towards the last couple of years, we had some conversations from some of the Thursday night football stuff and some of them. I auditioned for the Monday night job before they gave it to Witten. So there was conversations there between like 17 and 19 where we were kind of in the mix for a couple of those openings, didn't get any of them, continued to play and then signed my deal with them, knowing my, my last year in Seattle was going to be my last year. I signed to actually signed my deal with Fox before that. So I was fortunate that they gave me a lot of opportunities to kind of dip my toe in the water and do some live action of NFL games and see if I liked it, see if I thought I could kind of take to it. And, uh, and then they, to their credit, they just put me with, you know, with, with Burkhart, who's as good as anybody in the business. My producer and director have called Super Bowls. I mean, Pam Oliver. So they, they put me with real high-level people where I could just get in there, talk ball, do my thing, and then they could kind of put out all the fires and, right, and do all this special TV stuff and – and kind of just hold my hand through that. So it was a good combination of a team and, and kind of a good combination of them kind of bringing me along and giving me opportunities and not just throwing me to the Wolves day one this season and go, hey, figure it out. So it was a good process, and uh, I've really enjoyed it. The, the part you talked about with the production meetings is like my favorite part. Yeah, it's the best. Honestly, I I've only got to call one NFL game. It was the Packers-Lions. But yeah, but you had the best moment of all time. <laughs> hey, that fake that fake field goal was pretty sweet. That was amazing. It was so fitting. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Hey, by the way, I think they did run it because I was there too. Of course they did. They yeah. know they're playing to their audience. Come on, man. Smart. I mean, it was thirty-five nothing week seventeen. No playoffs <laughs> yeah. on the line. Aaron Rodgers got hurt. Play two. I mean, it was. Yeah, but you crushed that. Thank that you. That moment you were made for that moment. Ooh, that feels good. But they're lucky that they have you. I want to let you know that they're lucky that they have you because I watch. We have a lot of TVs. I try to watch as many games as possible. It's like the only research I have to do is watch these games. It's all there if you just want to watch it and learn. And there's a lot of dudes in those booths that are terrible. And you don't have to say that because you're in the business, but I will. That you are a a breath of joy and a welcomed person into the NFL community in the booth. The fact that we could have had you on Monday Night Football instead of Witten, I'm just learning. Is that public information right there? It's fire. So so it's really interesting. It's actually a really interesting story. So No offense to Witten. Great football player. No, I love Witten. He's awesome. I actually ran into him at a bar in in Dallas this year before we called the Cowboys game. I've known him for a long time. He's He's a great dude. It was actually an interesting story. So it was the 2017 or 2018. I forget what year he took the job. Whatever year that was, at the before he got that job, I was at the Super Bowl and did some stuff with ESPN for their countdown show, you know, pregame show. And um, they brought it up to me. Gruden had just left to go, you know, go back and coach the Raiders. So they said, hey, would you be interested in the job? Would you retire for it? And I was like, you know, I don't know. I said, but I would definitely, you know, take the audition and take the interview or whatever you want to call it and come up to Bristol. So I flew up there, did an entire day with their team, uh, Tessa Tour. And, you know, the whole group and they put me through the ringer and then obviously they ended up, you know, going with with Witten and whatnot. And I continued to play a few more years. But that was a really interesting time. There was the Thursday night package with, that Fox just got. Then ESPN was looking to replace, you know, their booth and redo it. So it, there was a lot going on in there. And uh, we were in those conversations. Obviously, nothing ever, you know, really played out. I continued to, to play ball. But uh, it was a fun few months, though, of just kind of learning the inner workings of what TV is really like. You would have retired to do that? Yeah. 
I think you for the Monday night job or that Thursday job, I, I think it would have definitely been a conversation. I don't I don't want to sit here and say a hundred percent I would have, but I think if one of those two jobs offers you that platform for a good amount of time and obviously the money is good, it's definitely something you gotta take a minute. At that point I was like 34, 35 years old. I had just gotten hurt. So I was kind of past my prime and I didn't I don't know if I knew it at the moment, but I was at the time. But uh yeah, I think it definitely would have been a consideration for sure. Yeah, okay, so now, obviously, with Troy Aikman getting 17 and a half Jeez, M's. Damn. Hey, good for Troy, by the way. And it's good for all of us, what Troy did. It's good for, yeah, yeah, you're clapping. Yeah, it's good for all of us. It is good for all of us what Troy did there. There's obviously openings now at Fox. There's a lot of other digital platforms that are going to get into this game. Amazon was allegedly offering Sean McVay $20 million a year. They just signed Herbie. Shout out to our guy, Herbie. 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 Shout out to Herbie getting that gig. By the way, he's very talented. But your name has to be in all these conversations. Are you excited about that? Or are you just focused on today, focused on the podcast? Like, How do you kind of balance all this with knowing that you should probably be up for one of these jobs that is paying? Hey, these jobs are paying now. We're talking like big, big, big money. How do you? How do you? Yeah, balance we're talking all like that? McAfee money. We're talking yeah. McAfee show money, which is real <laughs> not now. That much, yeah, yeah. Not you talk that. about resetting the bar. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean. So anyway, fifty uh, <laughs> is a little different, but they only got to work. They only got to work like. Yeah, true. They're, you're working One a lot more out. Well, we're, yeah, we're in the middle of the off season right yeah, now. Right. Like, I, there is no end in sight right now for our show. You know, like, there is no. We are right in the thick of it right now. We can't wait for football season to come yeah. back for us to talk about. But calling games, you still got to travel. You still got to do your research. You're on the road throughout the entire season, and you're the voice of the biggest league on earth. You got to be up in those conversations. You don't have to tell us anything. Obviously, there's probably some leverage and negotiation going on. But it's an exciting time, I assume, for you as a commentator. Yes. It is. And, and, you know, I think anyone who's doing this would be lying if they said the ultimate goal is to be on one of those crews that calls Super Bowls and has those big playoff moments. You know, that was something when the season ended for us this year, we didn't have a playoff game the, the way that we'll, we'll have a play. Our crew would have a playoff game next year. But the way it worked out, we didn't have a playoff game. So all of a sudden now it's playoff ball, it's wild card and divisional round. And you're watching all the other crews. You know, and anybody that's a competitor, it's like no different than when I was a player. The worst day of the year was the day after the Super Bowl. You had to watch some other team and these other guys celebrate and plan their parade. And you're like, you know, sitting there feeling sorry for yourself on the couch. So the same thing now as the commentator, you compare yourself against all these other guys. You know, the games they get to call, the moments at the end of the game that they get to have and the buzz they get. And, the, you know, you want those moments. I think anybody that competes in any space wants that. So I, I'm no different. Right when I set out, I didn't say, "Oh man, I'm just. I hope I can be the number two crew at Fox for the rest of my life." Of course not, and, <laughs> and they've known that. You know, and I, I, that that's just not. It's just not the way I'm wired. It's not the way I, I sought after. I wanted to continue to push this to whatever level I could, and wherever that ends up being, we'll let the chips fall where they may. But obviously, there's a lot of moving parts right now. There's a lot of new players coming into the space, which always makes things interesting. I think it always challenges everybody to continue to get better, and. Um, Exactly how it all plays out and where the dust settles, I, I don't have an answer for you right now. But obviously, the old, you know, the opportunity to call Super Bowls and the opportunity to be on the biggest platforms and call the biggest moments of the year, 
who who wouldn't want that, you know? How important has uh, like calling games and still being around been for your retirement transition? Because I'm very lucky. I have my boys, so I still have a team feel on a daily basis. I get a chance to talk about football literally every single day. And I talk to some of my other friends that retire, and they're like, I don't want to say lost, but kind of, like almost lost. Most people, whenever they leave the game, are jaded towards the game because they were, for the first time in their life, they were forced out of football, whether it was their decision or somebody else's. Then they kind of come back. How much has media and everything kind of helped your transition process, you think, mentally, as opposed to just, you know, just being a retired guy out in the middle of nowhere coaching your kids? Yeah, I, th I think it's been huge. I mean, this fall, you know, for the first time since I was six years old, I wasn't worrying about going to a practice, putting gear on, being hurt, being sore. It's, it's the first time in a long time that when I woke up in the morning, I was on my own schedule. You know, until I had to fly out to the game on the weekend, I could really come and go as I please, take my kids to school, pick them up, go to the gym. Go ahead. It didn't matter what I did. And I think for a while there, and you, you talk to a lot of guys, and they really struggle, you know, with freedom and you know we're so routine oriented and our whole lives have been kind of structured and we've played by this calendar of football you know the fall you're busy in the season and then the winter's a little slow in the spring you have the off-season OTAs and you're, you're kind of you set your body and your and your mind is on this weird calendar rotation the idea that I could be involved in the game not have to worry about playing but still be in those production meetings be in those team meetings you know listen to coaches talk pick their brains talk with Aaron Rodgers for an hour about his views on offense or you know, talking with you know whoever the players are, it was, it felt like you were back in it, you know, and your juices start flowing, and then you'd get in the booth and you'd get a great game, and you know, it felt like you were on the sideline. It felt like the conversations you'd have with your buddies in the huddle, where you're you're saying, all right, here's here's the deal now. We got two minutes. Make sure you get out of bounds. You know, if you catch an inbounds, get down. Right, the same conversations we'd be reminding ourselves in big moments on the field. I got to now just have those conversations with millions of people watching, and just bring a little unique insight into. Here's what's being said in that huddle. Here's what's being said to that quarterback and being relayed to everybody else. Like those were the moments that I really liked because nothing replaces being on the field. You know that. Like there's no, there's nothing that feels that energy. There's nothing that fills that void. But this was a really close, really fun and fulfilling backup option. Hey, how about when that national anthem plays too when you're up in that booth? Oh, you know, it's great. It is. It really is. Like, I love it. Yeah, I agree. Like, that was the one thing I called that game. I, ca I called a couple college games, too. It was like that moment when you're standing on the sideline, the national anthems happen, the anxiety, the nerves, like, hey, something yep. big's about to happen. And, like, that is hard to find. And then whenever you're in the booth and you get a chance to experience it, so, like, guys get chill. I, like, got chills. I remember, like, the first time I was back in a stadium. It was cool to feel almost. No doubt, because that was always the marker our entire lives. I mean, think back to high school football, and they'd play the, they'd play the bootleg, or your band would play it, or play it over these bootleg-ass speakers in the, <laughs> your high school stadium. You could barely hear it, you know? But it was always the signal, like, this is your last moment you have to yourself, and then things are going to get real, real quick. All the way through the NFL and all the way through my career, so it, it's the feeling I've always had, is anytime I've heard the anthem, it's like, all right, when this anthem's done, it's on, you know, it's live and you got to perform. And it's a little bit of a different performance because the mic's going to turn on and the ball's going to get kicked off and we're going to start talking for three hours. But it still gets your juices flowing. It still gets your mind rate, you know, mind rolling. And that nervous anxiety, that, that anxiousness was something that I always kind of craved. I always felt like it, it kind of fueled me. 
And now it's just doing it in a little bit of a different direction. It's hard to find, too. It's hard to find everywhere. No doubt. There, the, the, there's been some moments where it happens to me. I'm like, oh, man, I got to enjoy this. Like, we, I don't, there's, this moment doesn't happen as much as it used to. Like, this whole, hey, you got to go do your job right now. Mm -hmm. And if you yep. don't, everybody's going to know. There's a certain pressure on there. And by the way, you've stepped up to the plate every yeah. day. Oh, yeah. Greg, I, I mean, honestly, you have, you have absolutely killed it. Ty, go ahead, pal. Greg, when you played as long as you did, you obviously have so many relationships throughout the league and I'm not saying you're negative but a lot of times like in the booth you know guys will just be negative towards players and kind of shit on them and then in, with Twitter maybe you know stuff you're saying on Sunday is kind of getting misappropriated did you have any situations this year where you had either like you know buddies yours or acquaintances in the league who didn't appreciate how you covered the game or is that something that you haven't had to deal with and you don't really worry about you know I actually have a funny story but the, my my approach going in was always going to be, you know, when you're a player, you're always aware. It gets back to you, whether it's through a family or a friend or you see it on, on social media or whatever. You know what the broadcasters say about you. And right. Everyone wants things to be said positively. Everyone wants to be told how great they are. That, that's just human instinct. Right. But all you asked for is if you were going to be criticized and you were going to be called out for a mistake, a miss block, a wrong, whatever. All I wanted to know was the guy who was calling me out, you better be right. <laughs> you better know what – if you're going to call me out, you better have it right. And if you're right and I screwed up, I can accept that. So my rule in the booth was going to be I might not always be right. I don't pretend to have all the answers. I don't pretend to know everything. But if I'm going to really jump a guy and really criticize a guy, I've got to make sure I know I'm right. Yeah. Because I don't ever want to do to somebody what I didn't want them to do to me. So I've always tried to treat guys fairly. I've always tried to present, here's what he's most likely being told. Here's what the breakdown was. I'm not in the real business of just like shitting on guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I just, it's not, it's just not my style. Now, if you do it wrong, I got to call you out or else I lose legitimacy with the audience, right? Yes. Not everyone could be the best player. Not every route could be the greatest route. Every catch, a Hall of Fame catch, like. That's stupid. You make everything so sensationalized, then the real big moments don't feel big. But I also, so it's funny, you know, you make little comments and sometimes you don't even realize it. So we called a Green Bay game, a Packer game earlier in, in, in the year. I don't remember who they played. And um, their tight end was in like a two-point stance off the ball on like the hip of the tackle. And he had a block. I mean, call it Khalil Mack. I, they might have been playing the Bears. I don't even remember who it was. D-end, stud D-end. A stud D-end. Yeah. And they're two their tackle their tight ends in a two point stance. I think it might have been Tunyon, and was. he's up in a two point, looking inside at the ball, and he just gets driven back like three yards. So on the broadcast, I said, "Yeah, I mean, obviously his man made the tackle, but when I was a player, if we put this play in, I would have said, no, no, coach, I'm either on the ball and my hands on the ground because if you want me to block this sucker one on one, you got to give me a shot, you know." And so, so fast forward, we had we had another Packers game. You know, I didn't remember even saying it, right? I was just presenting my perspective of how hard that is for a tight end to block that guy in that position. On the next production call, LaFleur is like, hey, heard you had a problem with my formation. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, you didn't like how I had Tunyon in that spot asking in the block. And I, like, it took me a second. Like, I didn't even realize what he was talking about. I was like, you know what? You're right. Yeah. I didn't, coach. I said, I'm sorry. I, as a guy who was asked to do that a bunch, it's hard enough to block that guy with your hand on the ground. Now bring me a yard or two off the ball and put me in a two-point stance. The guy's going to put his hands on my chest and break my sternum. <laughs> I said, and he goes, you know what? I appreciate the perspective. He goes, 
we're going to look into it. I was like, oh, <laughs> there you go. Like, it there was, you go. He was being really cool about it. But when he said it, I was like, I don't even know what he's talking about. It took me a minute. So, yes, you do have sometimes things you say. You got to make sure you're careful because coaches care and they listen. Oh, yeah. Players really care and they listen. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you just don't want to ever disrespect someone who's obviously very good at what they do by being un by being incorrect or being unfairly critical. That happens with offense alignment a lot. Offense alignment gets yeah. so mad. We all know him about, and Khalil, I assume, is the same way, where some commentator is like, well, this offensive line was supposed to slide this way, obviously, and sort it out because, and then I'll get a text from some offensive lineman like, this guy is so fucking wrong. <laughs> like, he, he, so this true. guy doesn't know it, so any of the blocking, any of that. It's like, is the mic shaded to the left or to the right? You, you know, Do you know football, Pat? I sent you a screenshot. Is the mic to the left? Or to the right, well, it's to the left. Bingo! So they're supposed to sort to the left, not to the right. This guy just buried this offensive line, and they're completely full of shit. It's like, it's all right, so true. It's real because you. Have, that's like really pro football true. focus too. Like pro football focus. Uh, oh, don't get me stats. That's the point of contention. <laughs> I, see, I think they're very good. Hey, I think very, they're very good. Uh-huh. Very good at judging kickers and punters. Very. Yeah. Probably. Why are you the number one all time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so, I, they were always fair to me, too. I don't have any personal grudges at all. I think the data collection that they have and all that stuff is fantastic. I just think it's – and I feel this way. Again, I just explained it. In the booth, as someone who has a basic idea of what's going on, but I wasn't in the install. I wasn't in the protection meeting. I wasn't in the run game meeting telling, hey, we got Aaron Donald this week, so we're going to stay real long on this double team, and if the Mike linebacker makes the tackle – great all of a sudden you know he gets graded or on a a broadcaster goes oh that right guard pat mcafee he's got to come off faster and block the mic that's his man and everyone's like no my coach told me i gotta block this guy because he's gonna wreck the game right like those are the insights that are very hard to to give perspective and to grade unless you really know what they're being asked to do. The intricacies of football, especially at the NFL level, I don't think people truly appreciate. Like the amount of football IQ that is happening, that separates the good from the great. You know, like who's somebody you played with that people wouldn't expect just to be like a football genius? For instance, I know you and Cam were around each other for a long time. Cam is obviously very uh, upbeat. That team, Keekly, I mean, he, oh, we, yeah. Keekly told us every single. He's the best. He told us every single starter that he played against, basically, for an entire season, just rattled it off. Luke's the best. Yeah, he's unbelievable, huh? So certain guys have different qualities. So the two guys you brought up, Cam's on-field instincts and ability to see things in real time and react is why he was so good so long. He, and you don't, I don't even know if you coach it, but from the day I met him, he would see things. You know, I'd come back and, you know, we had this thing. If, if we ever had an incomplete pass or a ball was broken up, I would come back to him and be like, all right, what you got? Like, what'd you see? And he would be like, you cut at eight yards. I need you at nine, flatter, higher, <laughs> wh- whatever. Like, he, and then when you watch the tape, it was like dead on. Like, he saw things instinctually really, really fast. Luke memorized the entire game before it started. <laughs> If you ask Luke before on a Friday of practice, like, all right, Luke, what are you thinking on third and four? He's like, all right, well, if New Orleans comes out and they got three receivers to the boundary and the back's offset to the field, I know that they want to bring the single receiver underneath me to make sure I get pulled up, and then they're going to run Michael Thomas on the backside dig behind me. So I know I'm going to, I'm going to fool the quarterback by staying, and then I'm going to open up to the field away from the three receivers, and I'm going to jump the dig. And I'll be like, all right, all right cool. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like, sounds great. So like he, it it was wild. I mean, he'd call out plays like all those stories of him, all those mic'd up of him where he's saying, "Thomas, Thomas, this guy's pulling back." Like it was he's he was the best ever. His brain and ability to process things pre and post snap and in real time. He's the best I've ever been around. Is that just film study? Is that just absolutely? Obviously, he's a genius yeah. as well. He has to be a genius as well. But is it? I don't think there's enough respect given to the amount of time studying everything going on. Every single play, there is a reason. That's why, as a fan, you know, even as a punter on a team, I'm like, hey, man, why don't we run hurry up on offense? Like, hey, what, what? Let's go. Like, what are we even doing? It seems like it's working. And then I immediately have to go. Well, I didn't watch like 200 hours of film, like everybody who's making these decisions did, I need to back off. But I don't think that ever gets talked about enough, just how much like football IQ is happening from everybody. They're talking about Aaron Donald being able to read somebody in motion, shading, changing where he's at, which completely changes the entire game. It's just like, that's the difference, yeah. I think, between college and the NFL, you know, and it's it never really gets talked about. We're talking to Greg Olson. Go ahead, Tone Diggs. Greg, I, th I think you could have a unique perspective on this. Uh, Mike Gusecki, tight end, listed as a tight end for the Miami Dolphins, Looks like a tight end. Is built like a tight end. He gets tagged as a tight end. He wants to be tagged as a wide receiver for wide receiver money. He lines up in the slot more than anything else. Um, how do you feel about guys who want to be tagged, obviously, for tight, for wide receiver money, but they're listed, look, act like a tight end? I think – so it's really interesting to say that. So this whole conversation started years back with Jimmy Graham. So when he was in New Orleans and they slapped the tag, he, he appealed it and he challenged it. And I'll never forget the, the NFL. So all tight ends, we were rooting for him to win, right? Oh, yeah. And the NFL came out with this like arbitrary designation where you're considered a tight end if you – I think it was like four yards or maybe three yards. I don't remember the exact number. But they came up with some arbitrary number where they said, well, as long as he's aligned within – I think it was three or four yards from the tackle, we're going to consider that a tight end. and. Uh. I remember at the time, this was probably back in like 2014, 14, 15, maybe somewhere around there. I remember at the time thinking, why not two yards? Why not eight yards? Why like what an arbitrary number to just like pull out of thin air. And now here, all these years later, we've never really figured out what that designation means. So if I'm if I'm Gasecki, I'm fighting like hell too. You know, the difference in the two numbers is significant. And why should we allow a four yard? I would love someone to explain to me why four yards is the number. <laughs> it's just an it's an arbitrary alignment. I, I, I can't imagine it's based on any sort of formation pattern or any sort of. I mean, I, and over the course of my career, I would line up four yards, two yards, one yard, ten yards. It, it was it was irrelevant to the formation. A lot of it was just based on where the defensive end aligned, where the linebacker aligned. Sometimes I'd want to be further from the tackle to help get a release. Sometimes I'd want to be closer to the tackle. For So, like, there was no real differentiation between the formation and how far you aligned from the tackle. That was the NFL's way of obviously sticking it to Jimmy and keeping him as a tight end. But I hope Kaseki wins it. I, I think it's bizarre in its own right that tight ends don't get paid. If your production is like a wide receiver – why, based on what's listed in the program and what's listed on the roster, instead of it saying WR, it says TE. Who cares? Yeah. Well, if you have a thousand yards or you have, whatever, where are you in the production of pass receivers? That's where you should get paid. Yeah. And we all, by the way, 
Fantasyland, we want him to get paid. Real life, the NFL ain't going to let it happen because once that happens, it becomes an entire. Was that yeah. a part of t- uh, tight end university, by the way? I think that was. We I mean, didn't talk to you about that when we did the pre. Well, <laughs> that's the right. thing, yeah. I was actually promoting it pretty heavily. Uh, yeah, t-shirt and, then, and everything. Yeah, I, mean, I was actually pretty excited about it. But I felt like that was a big time. You guys were all kind of looking out for each other, but also business-wise. Like, I, I feel like a lot of that happened behind the scenes. Am, is that right? Did you guys kind of chat with each other about business and like kind of forming each other? Because you're in a position that is more important now than it's ever been. It has evolved completely into a much more hybrid wide receiver, not really blocking. I mean, you have to block. You're expected to block. But on offenses, especially now, you are a receiver. You're a dual-threat receiver. You should be getting paid more. Was that a part of the tight end university conversation? And how do you think that pans out? I think it was. I think all along you always need a certain guys to reset the bar. You know, we, we joked about it before with the broadcasting stuff, but you need someone to kind of break through the ceiling to reestablish that mark. And for so long, the position kind of lagged behind. And a lot of that was due to where guys get drafted at the position. And when certain guys like Gonzalez and Witten, they dominate for so long, it's very hard to justify someone being paid more than them. So then the, the salaries kind of flatline. Mm. But then all of a sudden, Kittle and Kelsey broke through, and now you see – everybody's starting to come up. I mean, you know, you saw the reports that Njoku up in, up in the Browns has been offered 12, 13 million a year. I mean, a couple of years ago, that number would be in, insane. But now all of a sudden, Kelsey and, 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 and Kittle are making 15, 16. Hey, let's go. That's, like, re- yeah. That's good yeah, news. Yeah. Yeah. I love it, right? I, I love it for the tight end. So, yeah, I mean, at the TU part, you know, not so much about like, hey, guys, hold out. We weren't really like colluding to improve the, the, the <laughs> contracts, but – there was like a sharing of information and a sharing of appreciation that like, hey, this is a really sought after position. This is a position that if you continue to build your craft and you continue to, to you know, expand what tools you have and what you can bring to the offense, there's no mystery that the best offenses all have a legitimate guy playing tight end. That's not that's you know, that's not a coincidence. These offensive coordinators are trying to find these guys. The reality is, it's just hard. There's a lot. There's a lot put on your plate. And guys who can do it and guys that can produce at a high level, sort of like a wide receiver, but then also do more of some of the inline physical, you know, inline run game pass protection stuff. They bring a lot of value to an offense. And, and finally, since the Kittles and the Kelseys have kind of broken through that ceiling, you can see that the salaries and everything that the franchise tag now is finally over $10 million for a long time. And it was the lowest other than maybe kicker punter no offense yeah i got um, tag. it was low <laughs> but you know what i mean so like it's it's finally starting to move up the ladder a little bit and as a guy who played it and believes strongly in its value i'm happy for these guys yeah and you're born to be a tight end too they're, you're they're yeah. all freak shows yeah. all the oh, all yeah. the tight ends are freak shows just like you greg last question here we appreciate your time we're talking yeah. to greg olson founder of audio rama mm-hmm. and the youth inc podcast out today with jared rice and michael gervais sports psychologist extraordinaire go ahead connor yeah gee reg you just talked about keekly another one of your former teammates bobby wagner is on the move now is he kind of not the same but similar in his preparation yeah, I was, I was, I mean, I'm shocked that they let Russ, they Hey, they're Russ rebuilding, get, right? They're rebuilding. They're saying they're not rebuilding, but that is two pillars that yeah, you're just. It's, they, they, those two guys are that team. They're that pulse. They're the harp. They're all the cliches of what guys are for a team. Those two guys are that Russ on offense and obviously Bobby for a decade on defense. So I, I was really, really surprised to see them not only move away from Russ, but also in the same day, in the yeah. same breath get rid of who's 
a Hall of Fame linebacker, you know, in a few years. So, yeah, there's a lot of similar characteristics, just their leadership, their kind of quiet leadership. Uh, Bobby's not a big talker. He's not a big hoorah guy, but he's there at every practice. He never misses. He's so consistent. He's durable. So there was a lot of similarities between playing with those two guys. I remember playing against Bobby was always, man, that was when we used to go play some of those Seattle defenses back in the day, you know, the 2013 to 14 run that they had with Cam Chancellor and Bobby and um, sure. and Michael Bennett and mm-hmm. Sherman and Earl Thomas. I mean, it was a gauntlet, you know, and it seems like we played them twice a year, every year. So I always just had a ton of respect for Bobby. He's going to have a huge market. If you're, if you're a team out there, that's a borderline contender. You're selling your soul to try to bring him ah. into your locker room, not only because he's going to make 130 tackles, but just the presence that he's going to bring to your defense and your team. You need guys like that. There's no amount of money that's too much for guys like that. And uh, I imagine he's going to have teams knocking, tripping over themselves to try to sign him here ASAP. Hey, just like you, whenever your deal is up at Fox, mm-hmm, if yep. it ever is up at Fox, we appreciate you so much. Founder of Audio Rama, alongside Vince Vaughn, Ryan Khalil, and Mikey Fowler, host of the Youth Inc. podcast, available now, NFL Hall of Fame, future Hall of Famer, Greg Olson. Yeah. Thank you, man. Appreciate it, guys. Uh, let's go to the phones here on a five energy phone line. Let's go to Dwayne in Jacksonville. What's going on, Dwayne? Boys, how we doing? Keep, Keep moving. moving. All right, so I heard we're in the business of breaking some insider information. I got a little info about this, uh, the program up there up in the Northwest. Yeah. Okay, the program. Wanted to let you guys know that my, uh, my source says said that the front office is getting very hands-on about trade offers for uh, Deshaun Watson. I wanted to kind of know what you guys uh, thought they had to sort of massage into that deal to get it done. Okay, thank you so much for the uh, source, says Dwayne. Um, We have breaking news. Sorry about it, pal. Deshaun Watson's situation gets figured out on Friday. The Colts are trading. Quarterback Carson Wentz to Washington for a package of picks that is thought to include two third-round picks. Sources tell ESPN and Adam Schefter. So yesterday, Aaron Rodgers goes back to the pack. Russell Wilson gets traded from Seattle to Denver in a blockbuster trade that none of us could have expected. Bobby Wagner gets released from the Seahawks. And now, on this March 9th, 2022, Carson Wentz is officially out of the Indianapolis Colts organization and over to the Washington Commanders. Carson Wentz is a commander. What does that mean for the quarterback position here in Indianapolis? Obviously, there's Jimmy G still out there. Mitchell Trubisky's out there. Right. He's been linked to the New York Giants because Dayball, who was formerly with the Bills, saw Mitchell Trubisky as a backup there. Some people are saying that the Giants aren't going to be able to afford Mitchell Trubisky. Jameis Winston is out there. Whatever the case, the Colts are moving on from the Carson Wentz experience and we would like to let everybody know Carson's highs and his great moments are very, very, very great. But watching him play a game is heart-wrenching. No play left behind. He'll do everything in his power to extend a play, even almost dying on the football field. The Washington Commanders, who have been very, I don't want to say desperate, but it seems like desperate for a quarterback calling everybody. They get Carson Wentz. Brand new team name. Brand new era. Carson Wentz gets a chance to kind of start over yet again. Now what does this mean for the Colts? Who knows? If Carson, though, can play his best football all the time, that's great for the Commanders. But I... You know, those poop pipes burst 
in that stadium, mm-hmm. a lot of hearts going to potentially burst watching Carson Wentz play football over there, I think. He sprained both of his ankles on one play. He has used the ball for balance on the middle, on the field, in a game-winning drive, thrown it into triple coverage and made a play. Carson Wentz, by all accounts, great dude, has the ability to be a great football player. Jim Mercer said, not for us anymore. <laughs> He's moved on to the commanders for a couple third-round picks. Yikes. We don't even have a first-rounder because of Carson. Don't even get one back. Nope. Just a couple oh. third-rounders. I don't know how I feel about this, to be honest. I have no idea. I let off the show saying, all right, Carson's our quarterback. Mm-hmm. But that's not the case at all, A.J. Hawk. Well, so, okay, what do we know what kind of cap number they are stuck with after trading him? Because that will save them money to get to go out and try to find out somebody else, I guess, to come play that position or other players to plug in. But I think it's a win-win. Carson gets a, a fresh a fresh start in Washington. I would imagine he's pretty excited to go out there in a place where he can try to prove himself again. And the Colts, I guess, get out from under his contract, but what happens to your quarterback position? Well, and then there's another tweet coming out that the Washington Commanders are picking up his entire contract. Obviously, I don't think there's been any. Uh, has there been? Pre- yeah, somebody paid for somebody yeah. else's contract before to get him out of the building. Yeah, the down. Commanders are picking up his contract. Washington is taking quarterback Carson Wentz and his full contract Ooh. per sources, says Adam Schefter. So the full contract and a couple third-round picks coming back is what the coach traded away Carson Wentz. I think this... You know, it was kind of obvious if you listen to the way Chris was talking, the way Frank was talking, and the way Jim Irsay was cutting promos next to his 767 plane. Mm-hmm. Hey, we're in the no stone left unturned, brother. Now, this comes after two high-profile quarterbacks and their future have already been figured out just yesterday. I assume the Colts have ideas. They have plans. I'm excited to see what it is. But you're right. Good for Carson getting a chance to start over again. Scary Terry is obviously a monster out there. Maybe they'll be able to make some plays. But what does this mean for the Colts? Welcome to the musical chairs of quarterbacks, my friend. You don't want to be left without a chair when the music stops, okay? Well, the music is certainly on still, yeah. okay? Yeah. Music's it's on. We're still shuffling. In kind life. of. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it is because there's all – hey, Jimmy G! Jimmy yeah, G! You can afford Jimmy G now. Marcus Mariota! Yeah. What? I mean, if – Taylor Lewan said Marcus Mariota. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, bring and him, bring him home. Yeah, bring him to Indy. Well, what? Bring him to Indy. Bring him home. You want Jimmy G. Congrats to the Commanders, oh, by shoulders the way. Congrats. Yeah. Congrats to the Commanders on getting Carson Wentz. Feels like a good fit. Does it? The, the city? Or well, just when we I were, was going to say, we, correct me if I'm wrong, but there is not great hunting up there. Yeah, but we Does he know him. that? Oh, uh, yeah, because Maryland, Virginia. you got to remember the DMV the area. DMV, yeah. Yeah, whenever you get past the traffic yeah. that is just seven hours every single day, uh-huh. once you get back into the woods, there's good hunting down there. Yeah, I know no, a he, lot of rednecks from Maryland and Virginia. Okay. A lot he, of He rednecks. also said right. he wants to eventually one day be the governor of North Dakota, so... What better way to start? Oh, I can start shaking hands. I don't know if you ever yeah. said that, but I, I don't know if necessarily D.C. is the perfect place for Carson Wentz and his family. And remember, he talked about Philadelphia not really being home and Indy feeling like home. Mm-hmm. Kind of get back into D.C. a little bit different. But as long as he gets a chance to play ball again and play his style, which I don't know if Ron Rivera's going to love it. All right? Wow. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm excited to watch Ron Rivera kind of go through the ebbs and flows of a game with Carson Wentz. But this is a new offense for Carson, new home for Carson. What does it mean for the Colts? I guess we have no idea. What are you going to say, Nick? Now he gets to go back to Philadelphia once every year oh. and get greeted by the fans and have a warm welcome. Revenge games. Yeah. Yeah. True. Who do we do we play the Commanders next year? Hopefully not. I don't want to see yeah, Carson he, pass. You don't want that. I mean, but now Carson doesn't have an O-line like he did. In what if he's the MVP next year? He might be. Listen, no way. when he plays, when he's playing very, very good, 
It is awesome. It's like, holy hell, this guy is a ball player. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, oh, this is junior high football all of a sudden. This hey, guy, what, do you think, what do you think best case scenario is for your Colts in the quarterback position? In my eyes, Marcus Mariota. Now, that sounds wild, I think, <laughs> at this particular point. But with all the options that are currently available, I think Marcus Mariota in that one Thursday night football game where he threw two passes yep. that looked perfect right. yep. and everything that I've heard about him behind the scenes, give me Mariota or give me death. Give me Jimmy G, who won't check out of runs. Yes, he, We know he won't do that. He threw the ball six times in the NFC Championship game. He was completely okay with it. <laughs> if we're going to win, we're going to win. Give me Jimmy G. Give me Mariota. Let's go ahead with this stacked roster and make the fucking playoffs. What were you going to say, Diggs? Oh, uh, I looked it up. You guys have good news for you. You have the NFC North next year. So. Oh, great. Yeah. Hell yeah. Aaron Rodgers again. Yeah, but the Bears, yeah, Vikings, the Bears, Vikings, Lions. Lions. Oh, that's good for Jimmy G. Just <laughs> bang. Oh, tear them off. Wait a second. Hey, how's the family? Sango. <laughs> bang. Give me it. It's perfect. Love it. If we get Oost, too, I'm cool with that. Go ahead, uh, Dix. There must, there might be an issue on the Colts website because I saw it shows Vikings, Giants, Cowboys, so I assumed you had the NFC North. But for some reason, Giants-Cowboys is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. The it Washington like Commanders are on there, too. Oh, so we're playing the Commanders. Uh, okay. So Carson's going to play one good game next year. It's going to be against us. We're fucked. Oh, Power three's on the other side. Nailed it. Hit it right on the screws. Yeah, you did. Right on the screws. It's amazing how many words you can get in in half a second. Mm-hmm. In that particular case, let's see you on another side. What's up? Hand up with the 17 games. I was confused by the Vikings being there, but you do play the NFC East and the Vikings because of the 17. Yeah, I thought, yeah. by the way, I thought we did play the NFC East. That's why immediately upon seeing him going to Commanders, I thought, oh, we're going to have to play against him. Happy to see the brain still got it. Happy to see the brain still got it. Happy to see mine doesn't. What is Chris going to do? Well, you got more money now to get a left tackle. True. Can... Yeah, because Eric Fisher said he ain't coming back. Mm-hmm. Eric Fisher gone. We only got a left tackle. We can get Armstead. Mm-hmm. Give us Armstead or give us death. Can afford Jimmy G's contract. Give us Jimmy G. And then we're running. Boom. That's yeah. There you go. Boom. And your heart's safe. Watch. Hey, Commanders fans. Listen, I know you guys have been through a lot. Listen, you guys have been through a lot. Yeah. I mean, the team you cheered for for like 50 years, no longer a team. And you learned a lot about what was happening behind closed doors. It's like, oh, pretty despicable. Jason Wright's in there, though. Mm-hmm. Ron Rivera's there. Turning things around. Poop's still coming out of pipes no. in the building, but, you know, it's a whole new thing. Watching Carson is electrifying. Enjoy it. You know, have fun watching Carson Wentz play football. It is every single play you would think it was fourth and twenty. Game on the line. Mm-hmm. And that's the type of player he is. I have a lot of respect for how tough he is. I have a lot of respect for his mindset. I, he's probably supposed to be a linebacker, maybe an offensive lineman. I don't think he's actually supposed to be a quarterback, but he's so damn talented. When he's playing good, he's really good. But I don't know if that's going to win a Super Bowl. You need to be a pretty consistent guy, I think, on the field to win a Super Bowl. And that's all Jim Irsay has openly cared about is, is this guy going to win us a Super Bowl or not, brother? That's basically all he cares about. Shefty just tweeted calling him Commander Carson. So, I mean, that was just a match made in heaven. That's cool. Okay. Washington is paying a full $28 million due to Carson Wentz this year, which includes a $5 million roster bonus due next week. From now on, it's Commander Carson. Yeah. If he beats out Heineke. Well, Zito just dropped it in my ear that with the name Commander, obviously you're going to hear Kami too. They're saying yeah. Kami Carson. Carson. Oh, did someone tell Shefty to, to do that, or did he come up with no. that on I his own? I think he came up with it on his own. But the, um, I think Kami 
you know, because commanders are short, but also like kamikaze. That is how Carson it's plays. It's so almost like kamikaze Carson yeah, would yeah, be the most good. accurate. Kamikaze commander Carson is what probably is the full title. If I was to describe his playing style, I would say person going off to war trying to kill themselves on every play. Bingo. They need to put that on a t-shirt right now. Kamikaze Carson is a commander. Yeah. Congrats to Carson. I mean, I can't see this. You don't have to ever again. You don't. That's like a memory. Only when he's throws. on the other team, yeah. just lighten you up. Five tutties against the Colts this year. Yeah, right. Two <laughs> right. oh, turnovers takes care of the ball. Bro, Darius Leonard is hopping over their offensive line and grabbing Carson by his chest and saying, hey, you remember when you lost in Clonton and we didn't make the playoffs? You wasted a year of all of our careers? <laughs> Take a seat, pal. And Carson's going to be like, ah, ah, I do remember, but I'm going to get this ball off. And he's all the way down here, and then he'll try to throw uh-huh. a 60-yard ball. It's unbelievable, his style. And there's nobody like him. It's there's fun to watch. It really is. Yeah. Fun. I guess it is fun if you're, like, just a spectator of sport. Yeah. But as fan of team, invested in team, I don't know how his parents have done it. <laughs> a lot of respect for his parents. A lot of respect for, for his parents. And now Washington, uh, the commanders will get a chance to say it. Rap Sheet, who has been on it. Colts have now entered the QB race again and expect Ooh. them to be in a mix for Jimmy Garoppolo as well. Hopefully, hey, we don't know. We hope he's right. Um, how's the family? <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's get Jimmy G. People talk about months being important to people. You, Whenever you talk about March being important to somebody, our next guest lives and dies for the one month out of the year in which he can tell you everything going on around the college basketball landscape. We heard him for years on Pardon My Take. He was electrifying. He just inked a deal with FanDuel Sportsbook. This is March. We'll sleep in May. Ladies and gentlemen, CBS College basketball knower of all things. There you go. John Rostick. <laughs> Yay! Yay! Gentlemen, you? great to be with you as always. Best month of the year, not close. By far the best month of the year. Hey, the other 11 months just waiting around for March, huh? That's it. We're just building up day after day, week after week, hour after hour. And Pat, as you know, when March Madness takes center stage, there's millions. Hey! Millions! That get excited for the NCAA (laughs) tournament. And we're getting a taste right now of the greatest month in sports because we got conference tournaments going on up and down. And I'm a food guy. Conference tournament week, kind of like the charcuterie board of college basketball. Oh, no. John, we're going to have to reconnect with you. It's probably our fault, not your fault. We'll get back with John Rothstein here in a few seconds there. Dropped a millions and millions. Yeah, last time, yeah. same thing happened, right? It did. Uh-huh. It's the last time, same thing happened. It did. New York, you know, fickle Wi-Fi. Are they known for that? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Big time. He's well. probably got like 800 games streaming right now that he's got to keep <laughs> yeah, an eye yeah. on. So I would imagine his bandwidth is. I didn't even think about his setup at the house. <laughs> yeah. Just being like college basketball city there. Oh, yeah. There's extra TVs just sitting in his apartment in case one of them crashes out. We got the SoCon over here. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's right. Last second shot. How you doing? Keep it moving. Mm-hmm. Then we got the Bellarmine team getting fucked yep. over. That's right. The Bryant fight. What's that? Whoa. Oh, that was crazy. Brian's good. Brian's good squad. Yeah, uh-huh. they were up like 30 during that fight, by the yeah, way. Yeah. And they were like, well, we'll pause in the game. We'll bring it back in there. And these are only things I've seen on the internet. I, I don't know anything about any of these college basketball t- uh, programs, but I do know 
that Ohio State's probably got no chance. <laughs> I, mean, right. I think they probably have a pretty good chance. Doubt it. Are scrappy. They, they are a scrappy bunch. Are they in the tournament or no? They haven't. They haven't made the brackets yet. Yeah, but will they make the tournament? Well, the Big Ten tournament is in Indy coming up. He doesn't even know. It's happening Jesus right Christ, now. This guy. I'm talking about. Yeah, they should. Yeah, they should be in. They'll, they'll be in. I don't know what their seed will be. West Virginia's not even making any NIT. What? So we got to win Big Twelve tournament. What? What's we the get, record? Oh. I like. I think we're like four and thirty or something like that. That's, That's not bad. bad. That's close. That's not bad. No, I, I think we're like twelve, seventeen, and nineteen or seventeen. That's all right. One against Kansas State today. Okay, that's a, that's a great game. The West Virginia program is not what it once was. But listen, Huggy Bear is going to get another round of recruits in there. Bingo. You better. And the whole game, they're going to keep. Hey, Press Virginia's coming back. Is this guy on? Or better hope on? Mike Gansey's walking back through that door with Pitts not. Are you talking about Patrick Beeline and the boys? Yes, I am. Hey, listen, they used to walk into the clubs that I was in. They were obviously all very tall, and we celebrated mightily how good they were at basketball. I bet. I love Kevin Pitts Noggle. Yeah, when's his boy, you know, coming up through the system? Who? Pitts Noggle's son. Well, oh, yeah, listen, probably. he's going to West Virginia. Don't you even ask. Of course. Yeah. That's what I mean. Uh, joining us now is a man who knows, <laughs> listen, there's a lot of sports that we could like bullshit about for numerous minutes. Mm-hmm. College basketball is not one of them. I think we all just showcase that. <laughs> yeah. But now that we've bought enough time to get somebody that actually understands what March is, a man who just said that March is all about the millions. Hey, millions! Of people that tune in to this amateur basketball frenzy that sees games happening all day, every day. We all gamble on it, even though we know nothing about it. A man who's going to give us more information than we could ever fathom having going into this March Madness season. Ladies and gentlemen, CBS Sports, knower of all things college basketball, John Rothstein. Pat, great to be with you again, my man. (laughs) Happy March. John! I'm here. <laughs> I know. We're going to maybe act like you were frozen again. You sound fantastic. <laughs> you look amazing. You had a great promo to start that last time. Tech is what it is, but let's dive into it. How come that Bellarmine school is getting fucked over? What's the deal? I thought the NCAA was four kids. They win the conference, but now there's a four-year transition period where they're not allowed in to dance. I thought that's what March was all about, making dreams come true, mid-majors, accomplishing things that nobody thought about. Yeah. What is the deal? This is quite a damper on the entire March Madness thing, isn't it, John? Pat, this is a miscarriage of justice at an extremely high level because what we have right now is a situation where Bellarmine, because of transition to Division One, was not eligible to play in the NCAA tournament, but it was still allowed to play in the Atlantic Sun tournament. So Jacksonville, who beat Jacksonville State in the semifinals of this tournament and lost to Bellarmine in the title game, Okay, will not go to the NCAA tournament. Jacksonville State goes because they are the regular season champion of the Atlantic Sun. This is the worst idea that I've ever seen since a guest you had on your show last week. Vince McMahon decided to have two main events at WrestleMania 10. Lex Luger against Yokozuna with the winner meeting Bret Hart later in the night. Wow. All right. Well, I'm sure Vince would like to explain to you why he chose to do that. And I would be excited to watch that entire interaction but i thought the ncaa was for the kids what why is this archaic rule even being involved they transition from what d2 to d1 they win a d1 tournament and now the ncaa says not good enough to get into our tournament how's that whole thing pan out and did they know going in they weren't going to be allowed to 
the whole thing has been an embarrassment. We have seen really throughout the years that when a school and a program makes it known that they are leaving the conference for another league, that league is then banned from the postseason. Now, there has been examples where we have seen the conference allow those schools to still play in the conference tournament. The Atlantic Sun was not one of those conferences. Therefore, Jacksonville State, a team that lost in the semifinals of a one-bid league, will still somehow, some way, represent this conference in the NCAA tournament. A miscarriage of justice and abomination by everybody involved. All right, we concur, but let's get to some positive, okay? The SoCon Championship ended on a buzzer beater. There was a, a little bit of fight. The Big Ten Championship, or tournament starts today in here. The magic is starting to boil. I assume you haven't slept in weeks. What should we expect over the next few days here in Indianapolis at the Big Ten tourney? Well, a tournament that's going to have right now nine teams in full contention for the NCAA tournament. So that means nine out of the 14 feel like they're in. I think when you're looking at early Big Ten storylines, the things you want to look at is obviously the game tomorrow between Indiana and Michigan. Both teams have been linked to the bubble in the last three weeks. Indiana, in my opinion, is in a must-win situation. It would be very difficult for the Hoosiers to find themselves on the right side of the bracket on Sunday if they lost to Michigan on Thursday. And also, Michigan will be getting Jawan Howard back. Phil Martelli did yeoman's work stepping in as acting head coach. He was the former head coach at St. Joe's. He went 3-2 and two in Howard's absence. Jawan Howard returns for Michigan, but the Indiana-Michigan game, okay, is the game to keep an eye on early as we get ready for the Big Ten tournament in Indianapolis. John, quick pivot here to uh, the name, image, and likeness. I was just thinking about this. All we do is talk about football players with the name, image, and likeness. Like, how is that affecting college basketball and recruiting? Well, Hawk, you know, it's really helping college basketball because I think, you know, what we're seeing right now is – For name brand players in college basketball who have an opportunity to benefit from name, image, and likeness, they can make a nice side pocket of change. Being in college now, which was long overdue, they can obviously do this now. It should have been done a long time ago. But this is also an incentive for better players to return to school if they're not going to be a first-round pick or aren't capable of getting a contract at the professional level out of the gate. It's something that is made the names in college basketball more recognizable this year. And, guys, I think one of the storylines of the season is this. We have had more players of high quality this year in college basketball than we've had in a long, long time. I also think you need to look at the Big Ten itself. I did my All-American list last year. Look at all the All-Americans from this conference. Ohio State has E.J. Liddell. Iowa has Keegan Murray. Wisconsin has Johnny Davis. Obviously, Illinois has Kofi Coburn. The list goes on and on and on. Purdue obviously has Jaden Ivey and a pair of big men in Travion Williams and Zach Eady. So we're seeing a real, real boost, I think, from NIL, and I think it will only continue moving forward. Hey, I want to let you know uh, you're a FanDuel guy. I, too, FanDuel guy. Whenever I saw... Game day was at Cameron, and they had all these shots of, you know, a drone shot over uh, Shashevskyville, and then mm-hmm. up to him on the building, and he said, you know, greatest uh, arena on earth. And you told us, hey, this team's super talented, and it's his last game at home, and it's against UNC. All the boys are in the building. I bet a lot of money on Duke. Yeah. Okay, I bet a lot of money on Duke that particular game. Do you think that was a wake-up call for them? Uh, do you think that team is inevitably going to go on a run? Because I heard their crowd, we want seven or six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We want yeah. six. We want little selfish kids. All right, geez. Yeah. All right, we're celebrating this guy. You guys won another national championship. Keep I get going. it. That's kind of the expectation down there. But does anything 
anything change in your thoughts on that team and how far they can actually go? I can't believe they lost to UNC at home in front of J.J. Redick and the boys out oh. there. No, it was shocking. It was one of the most shocking results that I've seen, Pat, in over 15 years on this beat. And I think there's a lot of different things going on right now when you really split the atom from 30,000 feet. When we see in college sports a big celebration, a new arena being open, somebody being honored like we saw, obviously, Saturday night at Cameron Indoor Stadium, it creates all this ancillary noise that takes the focus away from the game itself. A couple of years ago, Villanova had renovated their on-campus facility, the Finneran Pavilion. They were getting ready to do a massive, massive unveiling before a game against Michigan. Michigan wins the game in a blowout on the main line in Villanova's gym on the night that it opened the new arena. It didn't seem like leading in the Saturday that it was a basketball game. It seemed like it was a coronation. And North Carolina, who needed a needle-moving win, heard all that, played with a clear head. And also, don't, um, don't mistake this about North Carolina. The Tar Heels' core four, R.J. Davis, Caleb Love, Brady Manick, and Armando Baycoat, is good enough to match up with any core four in college basketball. And the big difference about the way Hubert Davis has recalibrated his offense versus what we saw from Roy Williams is he's playing now with a stretch four in Brady Manick, a transfer from Oklahoma. That's different than what Williams used to do when he would have two traditional bigs. Pat, when Brady Manick scores in double figures this season, Oklahoma's transfer Brady Manick, North Carolina is 18-4. and four. Oh, that Manick said. I can't wait to see what he starts popping off with. That's a good stat. You just heard Tone Diggs say okay. Host of Hammer, Dad. Tone, your question for John Ross. Here. John, before the tournament uh, gets going, the big tournament, the 68 tournament, um, I'm looking for someone with longer odds. I've been looking through, I mean, Murray State – at 30 and 2 is plus 15,000. Memphis starting to get hot. They're plus 15,000. Is there any long shots around those ranges that you're looking at potentially? Well, in terms of how far do you want them to go? Are we picking upsets? Or are we Final, picking four. Final, Final four. Final four. Final four. You know, I mean, it all depends, Tone, to be honest with you, you know, in terms of where the bracket's at. Like, I need to see the matchups, gotcha. I need to see the path to, to a Final Four in New Orleans. But I'll give you right now really conference by conference, some teams, okay, that I think can make a run towards a Final Four with the right draw that are off the radar. In the Big East, I'm going to start with Connecticut, the deepest front court in college basketball, led by sophomore center Adama Sonongo, the best big man that's been in UConn's program since Andre Drummond. Nobody aside from Duke in the ACC, in a lot of ways, Duke is like Tom Hanks and Castaway. They're on an island by themselves. In the SEC... We know about Kentucky. We know about Auburn. Take a deep look at Arkansas and Tennessee on Selection Sunday, where they fall on their selective brackets. Arkansas has been sensational the last two months under Eric Musselman. Tennessee has been significantly better at home, but an underrated team under Rick Barnes with terrific guard play, led by steady veteran Santiago Vescovi. In the Big 12, we obviously know about Kansas. We know about Baylor. But Texas Tech is a team. And defensively, that's as solid and as succinct as any team in college basketball. And they also have players, most specifically, Kevin McCuller, Marcus Santos Silva, and Terrence Shannon that have been through the gamut known as the NCAA tournament. In the Big Ten, I would look very closely to where you guys are right now at Illinois, a team that won a share of the Big Ten regular season title. I talked to you about this the last time I was on with you guys. Kofi Coburn is the most physically imposing force that I've covered in college basketball in a long time. 
But the one thing he does that doesn't get enough credit is the spacing that he provides for the shooters around him. Jacob Grandison, Alfonso Plummer, oh. Trent Frazier, Plummer. and Plummer. also yeah. Demonte Williams, all capable of making shots around him. And in the Pac-12, this may not seem like an off-the-radar team, but nobody's talking about them. UCLA last year went to a Final Four and returned five starters. But this team hasn't been healthy all year long. Early in the season, Cody Riley, their starting center, a guy who got 14-10-5 in the Final Four last year against Gonzaga, goes out with an injury. Mm. Then they go on a month-long COVID pause. Damn. Johnny Duzang, the star from last year, and Jaime Jaquez, his sidekick from last year, yeah. were in and out of the lineup the last two months. Despite all those things... UCLA is 23 and 6. Take a deep look at the Bruins. Whoa, okay. the Bears could get going there. Go. Uh, Gumpy has his top 16 with even honorable mentions here. Mr. Rothstein, your thoughts on what Gumpy is uh, cooking here for his sweet 16. Uh, Gonzaga at one. I saw that Holmgren's dad actually uses a hand recorder for every single game. That seems to be a bit much. That was like kickers that were going shoeless after the new modern shoe was created to kick in. But I do like the fact that it is a little homey. Arizona, Baylor, Kentucky round out the top four. And then Houston, UCLA, your team, the Bruins, and Purdue are the final four there in the sweet 16. What are your thoughts on Gumpy's power rankings here, Mr. Rothstein? Well, I'm looking real close right now at the Providence Friars at being the team that has to, for all intents and purposes, live up to the billing in terms of the season that they've had. Now, there are two seasons in Providence history that have stood out from the rest. One is obviously going to be the 1987 Final Four team under Rick Pitino. 1997, 10 years later, they came in with the inches of the Final Four when Providence lost to eventual national champion Arizona in the Elite Eight, but if you're Providence right now and you're at Cooley, you've been in a situation where you have won, obviously, a Big East regular season title for the first time. You're probably going to get your highest seed ever in the NCAA tournament. If Providence does not get to the Sweet 16 and to the second weekend, the season will be viewed as a disappointment. Hey, Gumpy's got Providence at nine. Gumpy, why did you, why did you uh, place all these teams in the way that you have? You've been watching every game like Rothstein? Are these just feels for bets, or what is this? No, I'm dialed in. I'm right. I'm right in there. I think. Uh, I think Illinois is winning it all still, John. I mean, why not? You're living on the edge with that one, Gumpy. I mean, I know that they won. They won the big a share of the Big Ten regular. <laughs> winning the national championship is a bold, bold take. That is a Jeff Hardy swan dive onto a ladder in a table ladder and chairs match. Swan time bomb, just like John Rothstein in all of March Madness. Um, what will you be doing for the next couple of days as these tournaments start? Do you just have 100 televisions you're watching? We're wondering if that, like, what does your life look like here for the next couple of weeks? Well, pretty much. I'm in studio through Sunday for CBS Sports Network, and obviously I write a daily column at collegehoopstoday.com and do a weekly podcast, the College Hoops Today podcast. I'll obviously be on numerous shows throughout that time. Monday, I go to Ohio as an in-game reporter for the first four as part of the NCAA tournament coverage. Let's then go! So- yeah. Is that normal? Yeah. That's normal? That's a new assignment this year. Hey! Yay! Hey! John, you deserve it. Thanks, man. And then I'll head back, obviously, to New York Thursday morning after that doubleheader. Back-to-back days is over. Those, those four games are over, and I'll be back in the studio at CBS Sports Network. Are there any players, John, that you think we may uh, 
a lot of people might not know about. They're going to break out in the tournament. It seems to happen every year. One or two guys just pops off the screen and their team makes a run. How far do you want me? How deep do you want me to go? All the way. There is a player, Baylor Shyaman, okay, on South Dakota State, a 6'6 point forward. I wrote about him this morning. Unbelievable field for the game. Makes his teammates better. South Dakota State is a team, okay, that hasn't lost since December the 15th. They've been on a 21-game winning streak. A couple of years ago, Stephen F. Austin had a player when Brad Underwood was coaching Stephen F. Austin, now the head coach of Illinois, named Thomas Walkup. He was somebody that was able to engineer an early round upset over West Virginia at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. I look at Baylor Shireman. I see somebody who reminds me a lot of Thomas Walkup from that 2016 Stephen F. Austin team. I see this team as a team that could be a very dangerous 14 seed. If they win, it's the equivalent of Rey Mysterio winning a world championship at WrestleMania. <laughs> hey, go big, go blue, go Jack. Shout out to Rey Mysterio, by the way, Shout giving out. me a Louis Vuitton uh, uh, mask of his that he actually has worn before absolute legend in there. He's talented in there. As is South Dakota State, they were playing last night, right, against yeah. North oh, Dakota yeah. State, I think, in the championship. Yeah. They won. Yeah, they can, 21 oh, yeah. straight. They can fill it up. They're a team. Oh, yeah. Hey, what is it? What, who wins? The teams that are most fundamentally sound? The teams that get hot? The teams that shoot? Who, who wins this entire thing? You know, Pat, I've been doing this for a long time. And, you know, you try to look at things as best you can through the lens that you have, through, obviously, your insight, through watching thousands of games. Logic does not exist in college basketball. And I'll give you a perfect, perfect example. Four years ago, we had the biggest upset that we've had in the history of the NCAA tournament. UMBC, a 16 seed, beat Virginia as a one. UMBC was not supposed to be the team out of the America East that year. It was supposed to be Vermont. But Jarris Lyles, a VCU transfer at the time, went up to Burlington, made a big three-point shot late, shocked Vermont, shocked the Catamounts on their home floor. Nobody even gave them a second thought going to the NCAA tournament, but UMBC made history. It changed the college basketball history forever. It changed Ryan Odoms, the head coach, life. He's now at Utah State. Remember, it's not anarchy. It's just college basketball. <laughs> you're damn right, and you're the man for the job. FanDuel's finest in CBS Sports Broadcaster on games now. Hell yeah. yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, John Rossi. We appreciate you, man. Hey, was it us or was it? I don't know. That was us that time. time. Huh? That was us that time. Was it really? Yeah. What happened? Yeah, cut him off a little earlier. That's on me. No. No, no, no. no, 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 no. That's not time. I'm talking about the entire time. Yeah. Right. Oh, Greg yeah. Is fine. Yeah, Greg is perfect. I'm guessing it was him. Johnny. I don't think Sam Tech is an issue, but God damn, I, you know, we can never really... John Rothstein couldn't get on any good role. I mean, he did. He uh-huh. did. A couple of Ray Mysterio. He handled it well, but yeah, you're right. It's tough. Two Does he know man. that he's breaking up in the middle of that? Probably not, right? On his end, he yeah, can't. Um, he gets return so. video, so uh, yeah, I can imagine he sees himself going... Ah, do, bah, he was awesome, though. Yeah, he was rolling. I can't wait, Charlie. He's not going to sleep until May, he said. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to tune in. To the, so he's doing both play-in games? I think he said five. Did he say five Four, games? I thought... Oh, yeah, whatever he's doing, that's usually at Dayton, UD Arena in Dayton. I, I hope that's – I'm going to watch those games if he's on them, if he's doing color commentary. I flew over to one of those uh, when Vandy was playing because a kid from our high school was playing on the Vandy squad. Flew over to Dayton to watch the playing game, you know. It was cool time. They got no air conditioner in there. It was 7,000 degrees in there. It's a sweet old school 
arena that's very it's not built like the newer ones so yeah i, I would imagine it got pretty hot yeah it was 95 degrees in there i was sweating and they lost and the kid didn't play that much i mean it was <laughs> Jesus. overall pretty large l but very thankful to go and witness that just march madness brings a buzz yeah you know oh, yeah. it brings a real buzz it's great to be here i am oh for four on my bets duke sending coach k out come on well you can't have it to know they were gonna fucking fail Live bet could have bet UNC like plus 13 at one point. Oh, you should have. I know. Really? You know, you know I should have. Yeah. Let's go heels. Hindsight, I should have. And it was hard for me not to. I, literally, I was staring at it and I was like, no, Duke's going to fucking. Yeah. They're going to do it, right? And I'm like, I can't believe it's already a 13. That's, that was high. I'm mm -hmm. like, what are they thinking? And then I remember Rothstein saying, hey, this Duke team, super talented. Plus, you think about all the OGs that are in the building and what's on the line. I just assume they maybe, you know, go ahead and mop the floor with that UNC squad. We have so much real estate in their brain. Yeah. Who's we? UNC. UNC. Oh, yeah, because you took an online course. Yeah, alum. <laughs> Commander Carson's a thing. Okay, old Kamikaze Commander Carson is now officially a thing. Yes. A couple third-round picks and the Washington football team, Commanders, pick up his entire contract, which is big. Okay, that's the biggest thing for the Colts. I feel like is getting getting out from that contract. Now we were not in a we were not salary cap strapped, but now we have even more money. Hopefully, we're able to make some moves with Fisher not coming back to left tackle, who came back from an Achilles a little bit late. Did he play good? Yeah, he's not coming back to the Colts. Maybe we get Armstead, so maybe we're able to go ahead and solidify that. Carson Wentz is going to Washington. Who's going to be the quarterback for the Colts? Jimmy G was immediately a thought on all of our minds because he's a guy who can put the team in a great position. He's a guy who won't check out of a run for a throw like some other quarterbacks might have done when there's an MVP in the backfield. If you listen to Chris Ballard and Frank Wright talk after the season, after they lose in Clontown and not make the playoffs with seven pro bowlers and a lot of money invested in the team, one year removed from making the playoffs with Phillip Rivers, it sounded like chain was, or change was inevitable. So, Jimmy G, Marcus Mariota. Now there's people on the internet saying, look for the Colts to be interested in Jordan Love. Wow. Okay. wow. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You need to relax. He's the only he was, hey, he was slanging the ball in college. Sure. Evan, yeah, his first round pick, Evan Massey, at Massey underscore Evan, who I don't know. I don't know who this is. <laughs> I have no clue who this is. Got a blue check mark. Looks like a guy we would enjoy as a human, though. Yeah. Yeah. Jordan Love is a name to watch closely for the Colts at quarterback. Chris Ballard tried to get him in the draft, and now they have assets to easily make a deal with the Packers for him. Okay. All right. That would be sweet. Would it? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Just a couple days ago, I thought we were getting fucking Aaron Rodgers. Well, and then I found out Russell Wilson was well, on the move. Next, next best thing, you get his understudy. Maybe you guys give up Ooh. a first-round pick next year. Both those thirds yep. you just got from Washington. The and Apprentice. What do you say? I thought you love love. I do love love, not do. Mr. Love. <laughs> what happened? We're all, everything's, nah, we ain't getting Jordan Love. What you know off. what happened? Evan Massey's full of shit. <laughs> hey, Evan, get out of here. You think Jim Ursay on his 767 with his dog Drake is like, yeah, give me the guy that can't hit the net in the quarterback drills? No way. No way in hell. I understand that Jordan Love is potentially a prospect now for teams to look into since Aaron has decided to come back to the Green Bay Packers. Now, it has not been discussed by anybody. They just assume he's coming back four or five years, everybody's talking, because that was the deal that Ian Rappaport put out there. I'm not 100% sure the Green Bay Packers are going to move on from Jordan Love. 
I might be wrong, but I, the Colts quarterback position is certainly one I'm going to have to keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. Give me Jimmy G, dude. If someone gives them a good offer, I'm sure they would be willing to move on from Jordan Love. Well, Chris Ballard. What, what is a good offer? Like, What would you have to give to get Jordan Love on your team? Well, probably seventh rounder, maybe your first undrafted free agent that you liked. Yeah, second That's round. That's what I – I don't know. They're, they basically said after that Chiefs game, too, that, like, hey, the market for him now is, I mean, it's unfortunate, but he's only played one game. And also, like you said, he's cheap right now. He's still the Packers' backup quarterback. Like, I have a tough time imagining them just being like, okay, yeah, fuck it. We'll, we'll give you him for a seventh-round pick. Hey, Evan Massey, I don't know what you know, but you need to relax. Okay, Evan, can we click on this dude and see who he is? Where, who, who is Evan Massey? He just what said is- it's a name to watch. He didn't say, like, it was a guarantee. Featured on four. Oh, oh shit. Well, ESPN, yeah. Yahoo, Fox Sports, SIBR, Insider for Hoop, Analysis Net, oh, NFL he, Analysis Net, contact emassysports <laughs> at gmail.com. Got a good beard. He also he quote tweeted and said Jimmy G and Trubisky. So he's just throwing everybody out there. Oh, okay. All right. So Evan Massey. All right. Phil Evan. Rivers, kick the tires on Phil. See if Phil that might want to come Andrew back. Andrew Luck. What was it, like week 15? I was like, yeah, give us Phil. Uh-huh. Yeah. Get his ass out of the coaching ranks. Ooh, Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck is going to be a topic of conversation. Will he meet with Jimmy from the Colts? We shall. Man, he should. Andrew should. He should, should come back, man. They've been reeling ever since he retired. Just come on back, Andrew. Well, yeah, I'm sure that Andrew gives one single fuck about <laughs> any of this. That guy's That's living. That's why I love the guy. What a special human. He's just completely disappeared. He was there at the uh, national championship because mm-hmm. he was going into the College Football Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. He had that incredible mustache. He looked incredibly thin. How you doing? He's happy. All right, it's great to be back. This is really cool, man. All right, see you guys. I'm going to go back yeah. into the mountains. Mm-hmm. Not going to see me for another couple of years. It's unbelievable. He has the ability to just say, nah, I don't want any of that. And anytime a quarterback position is open in Indianapolis, Obviously, everybody thinks about luck because he walked away from the game young. He walked away nine days before the season, so there's no way he had that planned out. People think it was a spur-of-the-moment decision almost, but Andrew Luck's like one of the smartest dudes to ever play in the NFL. I don't think he would ever jeopardize or risk anything coming back. There's been zero signs that he's coming back to football, but that will be a conversation piece everywhere at one point today. A guy's brain who you appreciate and who is a Washington football commander's fan. Mr. PFT himself, PFT commenter, tweeted, this is the worst day of my life. So, PFT, (laughs) PFT, listen, there's been worse days, PFT, I assume, but just wait. I'm excited to see what PFT's brain does with watching Carson Wentz. Okay, I have much worse brain than him. Two sprains are something that just kind of happened and went with it. PFT's brain, watching Carson Wentz on a week-to-week basis will be electrifying that's a that's a big time uh, yeah that's oh, yeah. big time news for everybody almost we get to enjoy that whole thing but what are we doing did you take james like the assumption is i'm out on the like, goofs okay really? I, I, <laughs> wow. what do you mean what are you saying what do you mean he was unbelievable was before it, he got hurt listen you don't like guys that can dance and show their personality i love it what are you talking about that's really what i did but okay, if he was a partner so that'd be cool you out on the goofs just because like we're trying to win a fucking super bowl you, you think james won the super bowl I mean, with that but team. You, okay, no. they moved on from Carson. You weren't. You you said Carson gave you a heart attack watching him play. You should be happy, I would imagine. Well, I am, but this this comes after, you know, like two very, 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 very good quarterbacks have made their decisions, and their season has already been done. So now we're just kind of waiting in the weeds to figure out who's left on this. So you're just kind of and listen. I trust Chris Ballard's brain. Now, when he signed Carson, 
I was pretty loud. Hey, this guy's broken, all mm-hmm. right? And maybe he wasn't broken because he did come back with confidence and he was beloved by his team, I think, and everything like that. But I'm trying to – I don't think Jameis will ever win a Super Bowl. You think Jameis won a Super Bowl? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I I don't know what the odds would be to, for him to win a Super Bowl, but Jameis definitely surprised me in a good way when he came back and he got to play for the Saints for the short period of time he did. Like, I was impressed – with what he did and how the team kind of rallied around him. I like Jameis, okay, as the person. I enjoy his videos on the internet, okay? I love all of his work and everything like that. But I think the mindset of the Colts is, is this dude going to win us a Super Bowl? I think the decision was Carson Wentz, his style of play is not going to win you a Super Bowl. Now, Carson might change that, by the way, and he might become the greatest commander of all time. He might be the greatest commander of all time. And I think that's been a conversation for the last few years. Like, hey, Carson, can you get rid of the – Hey, high school football, there isn't billions of dollars on the line plays. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, is it can you get rid of that type of stuff and really lead the program in a franchise? For whatever reason, my natural reaction is that Jameis ain't ever gonna win one, just by the way he is, but I might be wrong. Maybe with this team, maybe Jameis does come in and win a Super Bowl here. Maybe. I mean, Nick Foles won a Super Bowl. Did. Would you have predicted that? Not whenever he was out there in the woods smoking on that. Mushroom and dope with his mother-in-law. Yeah. Think about it. <laughs> retirement. He came. Is that what he was doing? Yeah, not not confirmed, but yeah, Find himself, probably. In my eyes, in my eyes, you go out into the woods with your brother-in-law, make a big-time decision, come out, decide to return to football. You would think there's at least a little peyote out there. A little bit. I don't know, I'm not. Who, who was who was his brother-in-law? Evan Moore? Did they say? I don't know. Evan sure. was a guy that played in Green Bay, uh, Stanford guy. Super tall dude. I believe he is brother. His brother-in-law is Nick Foles. So maybe he did go out there. They talked about life. He comes back. He wins a Super Bowl. And then, then he was third team on the Bears. And maybe Nick Foles. Well, where's Nick Foles at? I mean, oh, Bears still it, maybe. Probably yeah. Get you, yeah. yeah. If we're talking about yeah, those guys. Real, hey, Nick Foles will hand the ball off to Jonathan Taylor. I don't think about, you want. Yeah, you should. What about Fitzmagic? Neil O'Donnell. Listen. <laughs> Tommy Maddox neither, nor Neil O'Donnell. I don't want any of those. We have a tweet from the Colts, I guess, here. The, Col- the Colts have put out a tweet. Uh, who? Ari Miroff about the Colts. The Colts being able to trade Carson Wentz and have Washington take on the entire contract is massive, says Ari Miroff. His entire $28.2 million cap number comes <laughs> off the books, and there's no dead money left over. Colts are now set to have the most cap space, over $70 million in the NFL, entering free agency. Let's go to work. Yeah. Let's go to work. Let's get a quarterback that can make the throws and hand the fucking ball off. Yes. Yeah. Maybe it's Malik Willis. Hey, how about it? We don't it have sure. Here's hoping the Colts maybe like use the money this year. Matt Corral. They extended all their guys already. They I mean, paid everybody within the bar. Saying they've been the most cap space for the last three years. Every Colt that has come through the stable okay. that has performed up to snuff has been paid. Yeah. You come in here, you perform, we will pay you. Chris Ballard wanted to set that culture. Like, hey, you do well for us, we are going to pay you. That's already been done. Now we got $70 million to go to work. Maybe we'll be able to lure some uh, other quarterback out of the, off their team. Well, and if it's – oh. <laughs> Who? Who? Can't really think right now. What about Big Big Ben out of retirement? Well, I know who you're what thinking about. What about Tom Brady out That's of That's going to cost you five yep. firsts. Five firsts. Hey, don't Tom that. Ray, we already said no to Tom two years ago. We took Phil Rivers instead. But you could get a mediocre quarterback and trade for like Amari Cooper. What about you? Pay, just have you pay unbelievable Kyler. weapons. You pay Kyler. Yeah, I think we get. He's already put his shit back on Instagram. Well, I think we put. I think we just get a rookie quarterback that can throw balls. 
Well, yeah. Just get an elite 11 type quarterback that can get in there, hand the ball off to Jonathan Taylor, and complete some passes to the massive weapons that we're going to spend the $70 million on. Desmond Ritter. Boom. We went. Uh, he's fun to watch. I don't know how good he's going to be in the pros, but that dude's fun to watch. Like, he could. He could create some problems. I'm one of Cincinnati's biggest fans on the record. Yeah. Love Desmond Ritter. Saw him whenever he was young. Saw him as a vet. He's an athlete. He's a great football player. Just give me somebody who has hand size above nine inches and has the ability to throw the ball to people and hand it off, just like Goff did with the Rams. Yeah. This team that Chris has built, you just need a quarterback in there that, like, doesn't check out of the MVP getting the ball, is able to complete passes, won't just give the ball to the other team in their own end zone for a pick six against a division rival in a must-win game in the fourth quarter. Like, those are the things. There has to be somebody out there that we can find. Maybe it's Jimmy G. Jimmy G seems like the perfect guy for that type of situation. $70 million would be able to pick up Jimmy G's contract, no problem at all, and add weapons. Look for the Colts to win a fucking Super Bowl, dude. That's where I'm at. That's where I'm at right now joining us. Live in studio, a man who is known because he's one half of the authority on NFL rankings throughout the season. He is in town because he is calling the Big Ten basketball tournament. Ladies and gentlemen, Matt Money Smith. State of the Union. Let's go. Hey, uh, oh yeah. <laughs> hey, man, where's Hawk? He's on hey. TV. He's on TV. What's, what's up, Hawk? Hey, what's up, Matt? Hey, good to see you, dude. dude. I was just thinking. I was listening uh, to you in there. Maybe you just you answered, can slide that near you. Maybe you just answered the question, man. What's that? What did you say? You're like, you know what we need? Remember what Jared Goff did with the Rams? Just hand the ball off. Oh, a couple man. passes here, a couple passes there. Why not go get Jared Goff? Ooh, we he's fucking idea. picking up another oh, wow. million dollars. Hey, Matt. No, no, we ain't doing that. No, you just said he took him to the Super Bowl doing that. Uh, on a rookie contract. He was getting paid peanuts. <laughs> he's got 70 million bucks. Yeah, we don't need to spend any of it on Jared Goff, who is building his own legacy up there <laughs> okay. in Detroit. Hell okay. Yeah. Uh, Matt Money Smith, uh, can't thank you enough for joining us. Yeah, yeah. Love it. This is fantastic. AJ, you look like a bum without the pit fight. Yeah. 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 I was looking around. I, was, I wish I had some. I don't have anything up here. Uh, we'll send it over. We'll somebody, take care of that. Somebody run some over we'll there. We'll Matt's got on some that. great pipes, though, by the way. Matt, I oh, appreciate you, your AJ. pipes, man. You sound great. I wish I looked as good as you. Yeah, I, but you sound. <laughs> your sound is unbelievable. Did, has it always been this way? You knew you were getting a broadcasting? You know what it was? I think it was, uh, and again, I don't encourage this, children. But I think it's, you know, you start smoking at 14. Yes. <laughs> and it gives you a little bit of gravel in there, you know? And then you start drinking at 13, and then you get the combination of those two things. Now, thankfully, I've since stopped, of course. Of course. Yeah, much healthier now. But, yeah, it was good uh, for your career, though. You sound amazing. 100%. Whenever we watch you on the uh, Dan Zeus Power the Rankings, power rankings. You guys are electrifying. We're obviously big fans Massive. of the show. Mm-hmm. Had no idea that you did basketball as well. You're calling a Big Ten tournament. Is this new or is this normal? No, this is, this is actually kind of the, uh, I don't know how many careers I've had, but this is career number two or three or whatever. I started with the Lakers. So before I got into football, I was doing Laker games uh, pre-half and post. And then I was calling play-by-play for some college basketball 
Uh, and then when I moved on from the Lakers, that's when the NFL Network came and, and grabbed me, and I started doing radio uh, football games as well. And now I do the Chargers. So uh, basketball was always in. I think I did the Big Big Ten. I'm doing it with my man Waz. The uh, shout out to the uh, the Cal Poly Slow Mustangs. Their all time three point shot maker, my Mike Wozniak. Wow. We'll be doing the uh, the game together tonight. So I've been doing this Big Ten tournament probably I don't know seven eight. 10 years or something like that. Oh, we should have known that. Go ahead. Oh, geez, that's embarrassing. Sorry about it. Go ahead, AJ. Do you follow college basketball? We had John Rothstein on earlier. Do you follow it close like him? Like, are you, you, of course, if you're working the games, you know a lot about it, but do you follow it as a whole? I'd like to quickly make a statement. Uh, One, I thought John Rothstein was going to eat my face through the camera when I was watching on YouTube. <laughs> he was so close to the camera, and like when he, he wanted to make a point, he would do this. Yeah, yeah. I just felt like yeah, I just felt myself backing off the computer screen. He gets aggro. So I'm not like that. AJ, I'm not that, uh, that deep into it, but obviously I'm following the Big Ten all year. The game that we're calling today, Nebraska-Northwestern, Nebraska, you know, under Fred Hoiberg, just had this crazy close to the season. You know, they knock off Wisconsin, which prevents them from solely winning the Big Ten. So I I keep up to speed on the Big Ten because I know I'm going to call the tournament. But outside of that, you know, we do UCLA on the station where I work with Petros. Uh, So we follow Pac-12 basketball. So it's kind of... I'm almost like your Rose Bowl uh, basketball oh. announcer, where I, I follow the Pac-12 and I follow the Big Ten. And you know enough. You do enough research. You got exactly. that big old brain, that great you know voice. What? You know the, You don't even have to know anymore. You just speak with confidence. <laughs> That's right. You know, you say something like, "Hey, listen, whoever wins that Indiana Michigan game is in." And when you say it like that, everyone's like, that guy knows what he's talking about. <laughs> well, and that exactly, knows exactly what he's talking about. But if you say something wrong, the internet will get you. It feels like you are beloved by the internet. Literally. I think you are beloved, Am right? Am I? Yes. Oh, man. I would, sure. in, in, in my mentions, I wouldn't know. No, you got to mute the bad ones. There's probably yeah. five to ten bad ones. You mute them, your entire life will be different. We can't wait to watch you for your eighth year calling the Big Ten. Obviously. Obviously. Oh, your pipes. Mine? Those are, you got some. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, take your. See I, I know you got some too. Oh, he shredded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa! Is he, is he keto? Are what do you keto? do? Do you keto? What do you do? No, I smoke. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, no, I'm no. kidding. No, I, I surf. I surf every day, so I uh, I think that's what keeps the the poundage off. What did you do growing up aside from smoking and drinking and surfing? Were you a sports guy? Big football, baseball, basketball? I, I think I was your standard Midwest uh, mediocre athlete. I played uh, baseball. And that was really it. And then I played basketball to try to stay out of trouble for baseball season. And I played a little bit of soccer. Uh, got involved in the skateboarding scene for a minute. You oh, know? I oh, see you with the hands on, Donner. Oh, yeah, exactly. I was uh, So, you know, I can still uh, pop a couple ollies, maybe do some slappies here on this. Whoa! Oh, slappies, right? couple hollies. Okay. Could do a little something here. Oh, kickflip. Look at this. I don't know if I can do a kickflip. But I can definitely pop a pretty good ollie right Rambo now. Oh, no way! All right, this is awesome. An ollie? Is this real? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, we yeah, camera on. Hold on, hold on, camera on. Hold on, hold on. Okay. All right, now we have a camera on. Hey, oh, Holly no. from Matt Money Smith. Someone just spotted him. Oh! Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There we go. Wasn't good enough. Hold on. There we go. Maybe it's the board's fault. Let's no, go! Kickflip. AJ's saying he'd like to see a kickflip. We don't need that yet. We don't need that. Yeah. Uh, was that good or bad? Great. No, great. Good. Great. 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 I've been doing kickflips all day around here. You know, <laughs> you know I'm just tired. My, uh, my legs are a little cramped up from doing them so much. Okay, let's talk about the NFL, though. Yes, absolutely. Big news Huge. happening. 
The Denver Broncos acquire Russell Wilson. Aaron Rodgers goes back to the Green Bay Packers. Carson Wentz just got traded. Bobby Wagner's getting cut. It feels like a lot more big things are happening this offseason. You've obviously been covering the NFL for a long time. Yeah. Your thoughts? Do you think this will continue? Yes. And it's just, you know, I, I saw some people because it's one of the first things that popped into my head yesterday. Like, baseball, what are you doing? Like, mm. what are you doing? Look at what the NFL is doing to the rest of sports. And you're busy trying to sort out an arbitration pool. No one's at spring training, having a good time, talking about baseball. We are so singularly focused right now on the NFL. And it has proved once again that it crushes. I mean, it mauls all competitors when we haven't had a game in a month. I mean, Russell Wilson to the Broncos in a division with Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes. People are like, that's all people are talking about. Can you imagine six games with Russell Wilson and Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes or not, whatever it is, eight games. It's going to be nuts. It's a bloodbath. And Derek Carr, you know, I'm the Charger guy. I got it. Got to throw a little shade at the Raiders. But, hey, they made the playoffs last year. <laughs> yeah, did- I mean, you, you were just talking about Carson Wentz. To me, that's like Washington sitting there going, yeah, how do we change the conversation about our team? What do we uh, – Yeah, we- they need a new era. Need a new face Commanders, get a quarterback in. And you know what they're going to do? Exactly what so, so many people did with the Colts when they traded for him. Uh, you know what? He was playing at that MVP level in 2017. Maybe he just needs a change. To say, That's what they're going to say in Washington. Uh-huh. You know they are. Hey, listen. It's not to... what we're going to say here, but it's what they're going to say there. Uh, no, I got to watch him. He did have moments during every single game where it was like, oh, this is it. This is the guy. This is the guy. But in the NFL, you've covered it for a long yeah. time. You covered the Chargers, and you saw the Chargers not live up to what everybody hyped last 100%. year. Just like the Colts. It is very difficult to win. You have, At the quarterback position, I think you have to be a pretty steady elite dude like at all times Carson maybe gets another opportunity to prove that he can do that but around the NFL that's what everybody's looking for right now everybody's hungry for a quarterback yeah you know what else they're hungry for a punter that can boom the ball yeah. 80 yards like yeah. Matt Ariza. Did yeah. you go? Did you get into Lucas for that? No, I, I, I went early for the specialist just to put my eyeballs on him. No, I do love the fact that he's getting love. <laughs> now, granted, if we're going to continue to measure punts from where the ball was punted and not from the line of scrimmage, I love that. Right. Uh, <laughs> I absolutely love that if we could change that. that. Yeah, but Ariza is a stud, an absolute yeah. superstar out of San Diego. I assume you and him and maybe shredded some waves gnarly together. Or we, what? Uh, we will. We will probably in the future. I, can't, I just met him for the first time, but yeah, San Diego State, born and raised in San Diego. If he were just kind of cruise up that five freeway there to uh, to Los Angeles. That'd be kind of cool. You know, nothing again. Love Ty Long for the brand. Big fan of Ty's. Great holder. Great punter. Not trying to push him out of the door or anything <laughs> like that. Just say, yeah, you know, Matt Ariza got a little sizzle there. Yeah, he does have a little sizzle. <laughs> got a little steak, too. The guy, guy exactly can right. really do the damn thing. Exactly I, I'm right. very impressed by him. Um, that 50-yard fair catch that he hit like four or five balls over 5-0 when I was watching. And in the combine, those are all brand new balls. So I assume every special teams coordinator was watching that monster and was just like, okay, so this guy's a guy. I'm excited to see where he ends up. But let's get back to the yes. quarterback conversation. Yes. Justin Herbert for the Chargers. Everybody talks about him being a guy. You agree? You, you think he's a guy? You he's think he exceptional. Has, he has the alpha mentality, though, to go and 100%. get it? 100%. I think all you got to do, and look, it was a loss. So it didn't get the attention that it deserved. But, man, that fourth quarter against the Raiders yeah. is one of the most incredible things I have ever what was seen. Fourth and two, fourth and – I forget had, the play. They converted six of seven fourth downs. <laughs> 
in that game. And the one, of course, they didn't convert is the one you were talking to Brandon Staley about when he was sitting right here going for it on his own 18. But otherwise, they converted all of them. That dude had a fourth and 18 and threw a 23-yard touchdown. Mm -hmm. He threw a two-point conversion. I mean, on that, that second drive, I think he ended up having to convert three fourth downs. And he's doing it with the pass. And he's doing it with no right tackle. Max Crosby is in, is in his lap the entire time. It was... Um, it's something to see, man. It really is. So you think he's a guy, yeah. 100%. Because I don't watch as closely. I only see the highlights or the lowlights, and then we yeah. see them not make the playoffs. Yeah. It's like, well, first-year head coach, let's see what they got to go through, their lumps and everything like that. But to make it, you got to be a fucking dick. I think you got to be a dick at right. the quarterback position. Like, he's got a little bit of that. He's got a like, I've seen him. He doesn't get hot. But I think that's, you know, I mean, it's, it's so weird. Like what, it what, is, isn't it? What cliche do you want? Well, you know, we love this guy because he's just got that even keel, man. You know, but and then, too high. And then it's like, well, you know, he's got to be a little more aggressive. So yeah. well, 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 what's it going to be? It's impossible. Uh, it's yeah. a hard position it to really figure is. out. But he has all the physical ability yeah, in Have the you world. been around him? Have you seen him? Uh, I don't think so, right? Only, no, on, only on FaceTime. He's yeah. a giant. He's gigantic. I mean, he's legit 6'6", legit 235. He, there ain't no messing around there, man. That is a big freaking dude. Carson wants a big two. Go ahead, AJ. <laughs> Matt, have the uh, the Chargers already lost out on their opportunity to try to win win over Los Angeles? Like, is it a Rams town now from here on out? It's not. Like that was. I don't know if you guys got this here. It seemed like the national uh, folks wanted to pour on. You know, the uh, the fan base and. In LA. Well, that's because the MLS stadium and. Right. But I know, I mean, for the Rams, like a lot of people were like, oh, Oh, look at this parade. This is pathetic. I mean, what kind of pathetic. Yes. And it was. So, but I think it speaks to. neither team is has made it yet you know both teams are still trying to to just dip into that you know look it's the Dodgers one it's the Lakers 1A and then it's a free-for-all it's a complete free-for-all I didn't know Dodgers were above Lakers yeah is it because Lakers stink right now it's well I think it's also just accessibility you know the Dodgers it's 55,000 they draw more fans than any other professional team in America every year so it's the ability that you can go sit in the pavilion for 15 bucks, you can go sit upstairs for five bucks, and that speaks to a giant community in LA where your get ins for Laker games are a hundred bucks, you know, 125 bucks. So I think that just has created a, a much stronger fan base, much more generational. You know, gramps and grandkids are, are going. I mean, look, the Lakers are, are where you want to go to be seen, you know, if you're putting that's on, like Rams, by the way. That's yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's total. That was nice. They're totally Hollywood. Um, <laughs> but to answer your question, H, I think it's still a fight. You know, I think it's still. And to me, and look, I, do I call games for the Chargers? Yeah, but I think Justin Herbert is the guy that can make the deal. You need a star, like a superstar, and that's what Mookie Betts is for the Dodgers, and Clayton Kershaw is. That's what LeBron James and Kobe and Shaq and you know Magic were for the Lakers, and and I think I think the. The Rams, they have Aaron Donald, but is he like a he's an he's the best player in the NFL, but is he a superstar? You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's where I think they're trying they're trying to make Matthew Stafford a, a superstar, but you know, it's that's it's tough. It's and if tough. you win though, it doesn't matter. It does. I think it's I look like long term winning. If they yes. sustained winning if they is- win another Super Bowl. Then yeah. I mean it's this went this went a long way. No question about it, it went a long way. But it's Man, that fight is. This is the way I describe it. This is such a long answer. What no, a no, nightmare it guest matter. I am. We got nothing but time. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, like, I, you know, I've been doing the, the Chargers since they showed up in LA. And, you know, Chiefs. By the way, come, congrats. Thank you. Chiefs a lot of come, people wanted that job, I assume. Chiefs, uh, I would assume so. Yeah, I mean, I love it. It's, it's one of 32. It's like any job in the NFL, right? It's one of 32. So it's, it's great. So when they first came to the soccer stadium, 
It's 90% Chiefs fans. It's 90% Eagles fans. And now what I'm seeing is eh, it's 50-50. It's 60-40. But the 60% of Chiefs fans, it's mom and dad. Little kids got a Justin Herbert jersey on. Ah. And that's what I'm starting to see. So it's I'm seeing dad and mom in their Browns or their Colts or whatever they might be in. And then I'm seeing the kids are wearing Derwin James, are wearing Justin Herbert. And I think that's kind of the idea. Hey, this is a – football's been gone for 25 years, you know. It's going to take a while to crack this market. You know this, man. I'm, I'm staring at it, right? Steelers, Packers, yeah. the Patriots. <laughs> like, you just remain loyal to your football team. It's the one team that you, for whatever reason, won't let go of no matter where you live. And there's a ton of that in Los Angeles. Well, Los Angeles crack. is an incredible melting pot. Everybody moves there, right? Everybody 100%. moves to LA. Not that there isn't locals and everything like that, but everybody moves. And for a long time when there was no team there, you were just a fan of whatever your team was. And there'd be bars that like, hey, this is this bar, 100%. this is this bar. Now you're getting that next generation that's born with the Rams and Chargers there. They get to see it. They get to feel it. It's definitely a long-term play. But man, the Rams winning a Super Bowl it's in huge. that city yeah. is massive. So it's so I I brought this up with Dan Zeus because he's got two little boys. Are you right? call him that by the way? I, I ever I used to call him the old Zeuser, but now I, <laughs> <laughs> but I have uh, I have adopted your moniker of Dan Zeus because he really likes it. Like it, it really makes him okay. feel good. Okay, so he does like okay, it. He loves it. Okay, good. I didn't it. think that was his actual name or anything. No. So no, he, <laughs> I, 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 not, not at all. No, no, no. So uh, he's got two two boys, born in L.A., raised in L.A., and he's like talking about making them Jet fans. And I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, what do you mean, what am I doing? I was, I'm a Jet fan. I said, like, yeah, that, that's you and your dad. That's your thing, man. You were born in New York. You went to Jet games with your dad. Your sons live here. You got SoFi Stadium right there. You work for the NFL. It's beautiful. It's like, make them a Ram or a Charger fan, for God's sakes. Why would you plague them yeah. with yeah. the Jets fandom? And they're going to go to, what, five games in their life? Three games in their lifetimes as children. Uh, our old friend Dave Damashek used to, I would destroy him. His kids are all Steelers and Penguins, and I'm like... They're born in Los Angeles. They should be Laker fans and LA Kings fans. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, that was... Listen, I agree with what you're saying there about the Lakers, but, but you're a fan of the Penguins if you can be a fan. <laughs> if you but have if you're any... born in Los Angeles. Kings stink. If you can... They won two cups. Who gives a fuck? We won them all. <laughs> if you could be a Penguins fan, you're a Penguins fan. All right? But every I understand what you're saying, though. That is a very... And they don't do it. That's what's so crazy is so many transplants in LA have children and they indoctrinate their children into their childhood teams when they don't live there anymore. Like, you can't go to the stadium. You can't go to the igloo. You can't, the, the kids aren't going there. It's just, it's weird to me. Rest in peace, the igloo. Rest yeah. RP. They imploded it, yeah. yeah. We all got off from school that day. PPG is beautiful, though. PPG is beautiful. You know what? It is beautiful. I, when we played this, when the Chargers played the Steelers a couple years ago, it was a salute to service week. So we had the wear, you know, they want all the, the employees mm-hmm. to wear their, their military, you know, themed gear. So I end up going to a Pens game, right? And uh, they, God love the franchise, gave me great seats. I'm having a good time. Oh, we I'm did. drinking beers. And, well, uh, the Pens gave you tickets. Pens gave me tickets. And here you are 
Thank you. Propaganda. I'm not besmirching their, I'm not besmirching their good name. I'm not trying to do that. It's just a, it's a, it's a broader conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zoom out, you're saying. Yeah, I got so, it. So uh, I'm sitting there. This gentleman comes up to me, and he hands me a beer, and he said, Sir, I'd just like to thank you for your service. <laughs> <laughs> Stolen Valor, you chugged the beer? Stolen Valor. And I'm like, what do I do? Do I have this long conversation? So I turn around, I go, uh, actually, and he's like, just puts his hands on me and goes, no. Thank you. For <laughs> <laughs> he walks away. He walks away. Yeah. He's like, God, stolen Valor. I'm never wearing this stuff out again. A free beer, though, from yeah. a yeah. 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 That gig. That's an expensive beer. It was a nice big beer. Oh. A nice yingling, you know? No, they charge properly. The Penguins don't try to rip him. No, they wouldn't. No. 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 Never, no. Money, going back to Brandon Staley, do you think, like, are you hearing around town or around the team or whatever, is the inclination that he is the right guy moving forward? Because it seems like, you know, at the start of last year, everyone was saying how good he was and then all the decisions came up and it's like uh actually maybe this guy might be a doofus we don't know like is he the right guy to make sure that justin herbert doesn't end up having a career like phil rivers where he's unbelievable but he never wins a super bowl we talked to him we like him by the way i'm right. just saying mm-hmm. this is narratives that are right. out there we're no, not totally get it um i think it the huge win for him was justin herbert didn't take a step back right the offense was top five herbert started the pro bowl herbert looked incredible uh that i think was a huge win for him winning over the fan base like hey new coach comes in don't you dare f up justin herbert that's that that's that's the most important so that, i think because that worked out that way uh two it's an exciting brand of football man you know it, it did not end with a record that would have put him in the tournament but at the same time you watch charger games and and you're not flipping the channel you know you're into that game it's an exciting game now he came in touted as you know, his defensive genius, you know, look what he did with the Rams. Number one, historically great defense, uh, worked under Fangio in, in Denver and in Chicago, great defenses. And it was one of the worst defenses in the league. So I think kind of what people are asking is, OK, well, where's where's that guy? And I think what we'll probably see is a lot of personnel. I think you're going to they got a ton of money. J.C. Jackson. I yeah. Think, yeah, I think he needs corners. He needs interior linemen, you know, to play his scheme, to play the way he wants. I think he was probably feeling out. Let's see if we can make it work with these guys. So I would imagine, you know, he's got a he's got a freebie. He's got a little bit of a free pass. Let's get the guys in here and see if we can. Because there were moments, you know, when the defense was healthy, there were moments when it was playing. You know, you saw what happened in the Bengals game. You know, they forced those turnovers. Oh, they yeah. jump out 24 yeah. nothing and. And um, so they had some some good moments. If I had to, if I had to say, it's probably, I think it's probably seventy thirty favorable where people are are in it because he's great. I mean, you had him; he's great with the media. He's very forthcoming in his press conferences. You can tell how much he loves talking football, and people dig that now. He comes from the Bruce and Linda Staley coaching. Tree. Exactly right. Mm-hmm. Exactly you know, we'll throw right. Throwback Ohio guy. There. Started <laughs> drinking coffee when he was four. Whoa! <laughs> the paper blum, just blum. like that. Go ahead, AJ. Money, you said you surf every day. Like, I, I want to know about the logistics. What time is that? Like, where do you Great. surf? <laughs> Great do you question. Any of those, do you get any of those big surfer brawls when you steal somebody's wave? Oh. Um, so, this. yeah, I, I, uh, I go early. I wake up. I walk the dog, Willow the dog, my uh, my. What lab. time? What time? What time? I walk her at about 4.45 to 5 a.m. So alarm yeah. sets. You're miserable. You're tired. You force yourself up. She, no, she wakes me up. So we kind of have the same schedule because I got to get up early anyway to get in the water. So we get up. We go down to the beach. We run around a little bit. Bring her home. Uh, I'm loading up the car if I'm driving. If I'm walking to the wave, uh, it's a lot easier. 
So, because we have a wave, but it only comes in the summer. We have what's called a south swell that works in Seal Beach. Of course. So, in the winter, there's not much there. So, then I got to load up the car, get the wetsuit, load the surfboard, drive the, to Huntington or down, you know, wherever I might be going. Um, so, I'm usually in the water, AJ, I'd say it no later than 6.15, 6.30. Oh, my God. Wow. How cold? Is it cold? It's cold right now. Yeah, I just had the other day, I had easily the coldest day I've ever experienced in Southern California. Like, I don't know How'd what was going on. How'd you get into on. surfing? You grew up in the Midwest? Um, so I went to Pepperdine. Oh, nice. Oh, so when okay. I went there, exactly. They won the volleyball tournament. They won the championship in volleyball and baseball and water polo when I was there. Um, so that's the whitest school of all time. It's so white that you can't call it white. You have to call it white. <laughs> <laughs> it's very white. Uh, but I learned how to surf there with a couple of dudes I met from from San Clemente uh, who taught me how to surf. And then I just kind of, you know, you get working and you don't live by the water anymore and it becomes a big hassle. You're driving, you know, way too far to get to the, the water. But since I moved down to Orange County, I now live right by, by waves. You so. love it though. It's like your therapy. Dude, it's I'm like your golf. You, it's, it's, it's the best thing on earth. It is the great, there is something about, this is going to sound so cheesy and corny, but it's true. There is something about connecting with this power of oh. the ocean that you have no control over. And it's such an immense power. Like when you get a big wave and you, you see it coming and you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and you start paddling your ass off to try to get under it. Maybe it catches you and you get ragdolled underwater and you're being held down and you're like, oh, what, what's, what's going to go on here? And then when you, you survive that and, you know, and it's not like your life is in peril, but you maybe have, you don't have a conversation with death, but you see him in your periphery. <laughs> you can kind of see him over there a little bit. Like there's something about that. And then when you're able, on the flip side of that, to overcome that power, master. to master that power, like, hey. I fucking see you, yeah. and I know where you're going, and watch what I'm about to do to you. There's something about that. Um, so you're doing this on a very regular basis? Every day, yeah, I like to. Like, this is the longest I've gone in probably two years without surfing. I've been gone for nine days, uh, and it's Are crazy. you going to be a little rusty when you get back? So I've been swimming in the hotel pools just to get wet. Um, wow. <laughs> oh, so this is like obsession. You're, like, addicted to yeah, surfing. big time. Big Does time. surfing people know this? Do you, can you get, like, a board for free or something? Uh... <laughs> Can we get you a board? Can we get yeah. you a board for Christmas? Nah, this guy's doing no more need. for surfing right no now. Need. I got, I got uh, my guy Tim, Tim Stamps. Add uh, baby Stamps. Hey. Stamps. He does uh, Kelly Slater's board. Yeah, so so he does uh, Brett Simpson, who was the uh, the captain of the um, the Olympic surfing team. Oh. He did all of his boards. Uh, That's okay. Slater just won the freaking pipeline at 50. How about that? Slater's unbelievable. You ever ever surf with Slater? Same wave? I have not. I have never, nor would I. You ever go to those big ones that like kill people? Hawaii? Portugal? Yeah, they they would kill me. 100 foot wave? Yeah, Mm -hmm. they would kill me. Yeah, What's the biggest absolutely. wave you think you've gone on? Do, do you seek those things or just? No, I'm a, I'm a complete pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I ride, you know, big ass nine foot boards uh, for the most. Actually, that's not true. I, biggest wave, I don't know. I, I have no idea. Ever it, seen sharks? Yes. Oh, what's that? You're just scared to death? No, it's weird. Doesn't, I've only seen a shark once and it was kind of, it wasn't really close to me. It was a little bit further out in the distance, but uh, the How guy. How many sharks do you think seen you though? A lot. Yeah, that's the thing. So, yeah, like, so there's a lot of stingrays when you, you know, where oh, you we gotta surf. you got to pee on yourself. Be careful. So, yeah, so I actually just got popped a couple weeks ago, but the sharks eat the hell out of the stingrays. Thank so you, you kind of, you kind of become Appreciate friends with the shark. Yeah. Like, you know what? If the chances of me hitting, getting stung by a stingray, yeah, they're very high because it happens all the time and it sucks. Uh, it hurts like hell. The chance of me getting eaten by a shark. Do you just pee on your leg? Immediately? You don't pee on it, uh, but you do need to get it into some hot water. Like you got to submerge it in hot water because it's you know. You don't it, pee on? I thought you peed on jellyfish. 
I think you're supposed to pee on it because of the warmth. Yeah. But it would just oh, be it's, it's the warmth. Yeah. The uh. one that they want you need you need heat on it to suck the poison out immediately. You know to oh, get like the barbs out and like stuff. So yeah. Jeez. Jeez, I had no idea you were this dedicated and committed to surfing. And I'm still awesome. a total kook. I mean, I'm a complete kook in the way too. <laughs> even though I've done it for you know, I'm you listen to me? No, no, nothing, nothing. Which is what I love about it. Like you know, when you're golfing or whatever you guys love to do, like your phone's still in your pocket. You know what I mean? Or it's your your, your watch is still. So buzzing. I ride a motorcycle. So okay, can't be on your phone on a motorcycle. There you go. It's and, amazing. And how much better is that than anything else you do? It's awesome. Exactly. So that's surfing. You can't take your phone out into the water, mm. and so you're just out there. Well, they said you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. can. But Tim lies. Tim Cook lies all the time. This, this <laughs> phone. Or this phone stinks. Actually, go ahead, Connor. <laughs> yeah, money. You all, you said you know Matt Ariza. You went in to see him. Were there any other guys that kind of jumped out at the combine? Because like Jordan Davis kind of took over for that day. Was there anyone? else those you know what it was the, it's the georgia guys like that's what blows your dome you're like blows your dome how the hell did they amass <laughs> what a lot <laughs> how did they amass this much talent mm. on one team you know what i mean like um who am i forgetting the florida state defensive end jermaine uh johnson, johnson. The dude had to leave and he's like one of the best pass rushers in the draft and he had to leave georgia like coming in so i do the podcast you know we, we do a charger podcast every week and so we're talking, oh what do you think at 17 i was like well jordan davis makes perfect sense i'm taking all this incoming you know, oh two down linemen he's got to come like after they watch it i'm like well guess what he ain't gonna be there at 17 no chance. Yeah. zero chance six six three forty one no, and it was crazy to watch him you know and then you look at his teammate wyatt who got no run coming in Did you see him doing those hoop drills yeah the guy was like this the whole time at like a 45 degree <laughs> angle and it's like well that's why he's coming off because they are like yeah why would we, we we got guys that are plenty capable of playing third down keep him fresh for first and second down so he's blowing up the line and, and tackling running backs you know three yards deep and um, so all the Georgia guys were impressive. You were talking about drafting a quarterback. I thought Desmond Ritter was fantastic. Mm. Really? Like, I heard his hey, interviews. a rookie were, contract quarterback for us would be sweet. Right? And I think that's, like, to me, after I watched him and, and kind of, you know, I like the eavesdrop on the, on the people. Yeah. It feels like he, that pick 32 with the Lions, you know? Oh. Right about oh, there. Yeah. Or well, maybe, don't do that to him. <laughs> or, maybe awesome. they, or maybe they trade out at 32 and that's where he goes that's you know maybe that's where the Colts trade back up they got the ammo now with the extra thirds you get back up in there at 32 sure or Matt Corral I saw Lane and Monty Kiffin there pushing Matt Corral on people you know walking them around introducing them to people I would love Corral here for the Colts do you know do you know Matt Corral's story you'll love this too because you're a Pens guy Punched Wayne Gretzky's kid right in the face. Love it. Yeah. Oaks Christian, and they kicked him out of the school. He had to go to Long Beach Poly. That's what I'm talking what about. Exactly. He was tired of the private school punks. When I was first on him, we, we did actually talk about this. He is a stealer through and through. There you yeah, go. Love everything about him. Now, granted, he punched the third best hockey player of all time's <laughs> yeah. kid right in the face. That is something. I, I put that out there for you. Behind Bobby Thank you for that. Sidney Crosby won. Mary Lemieux, Bobby number two. Orr. Gretzky's at three. Is that a true story, by the way, that he wore 66 to be upside on 99 just to... Yes. I don't know. Is it? Yes. I fucking love him more. Maybe That's he does awesome. move up to 1A, then. Yeah. <laughs> I did not know that was the case. I love a little spites type right? stuff. Go ahead, Tone. When you're at the draft, and obviously DJ is your play-by-play, or sorry, color yeah. guy, with the... Like, how, how much more do you know about the draft and the prospects than we do because of DJ? So... This is true story. I don't know if I've mentioned this the, the last time I was on, um, but when we, we get to fly with the team and when we're flying with the team, you know, what am I doing? I'm being an idiot because I am an idiot. What's DJ <laughs> doing? 
he has got his tablet out and his computer and his notebook and his four-color pen, and he oh. is just watching prospects the whole time. So uh, sometimes I'll sit next to him, and, and I'll just kind of follow along, and, and he'll be like, hey, check this guy out. Like I remember uh, two years ago or whatever, it was two or three years ago, we're watching Alabama tape, and he's watching uh, Alex Leatherwood. And he's like, someone told me I got to watch this Leatherwood guy. And so he starts watching, and immediately, Jedrick Wills. You're like, this is not the guy. This is the guy. And it's fun to watch him kind of do that before any of that's out what was there. He? he was a scout, right? He was a scout for the Eagles, the Browns, and the Ravens. He knows his shit. Every time he, he comes really on does. here, he knows yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. We ask him questions about, like, seventh-round prospect pick 221. And he just knows, oh, that guy, we'll see a little bit of this out of the van. He's fully dedicated he year-round, huh? He's his – he and he's – you know, like – I don't know if you can do this, you know, if it's something that's with football players or if it's a scout thing, but it's crazy to me, like, for as much as as long as I've been in football, and, and AJ, you can weigh in on this, like, is like I'm now directing the show. And AJ, by the way, I'd like you to weigh in on this. What an asshole I am. No, no, you're not an asshole. That's good hosting. Do what you got to do. But, like, it blows me away how, how people can see all 22 guys. In, in the midst, by the time the ball is snapped until the play is over, they're like, oh, yeah, did you see the guard pull? And then how about that block by Keenan on the outside? I don't know why Cook, it seemed like he was getting a little flat on the run. I'm just trying to follow the ball. Yeah. And this dude is linebacker filled this gap. And did you see the corner fall? Like, it's, I don't know how, how they do it. But, uh, and that's how Nick Hardwick was when, I, when he was uh, my color guy as well. Hey, like, he lost a bunch of weight, right? Incredible amount of weight. He's former Chargers offensive lineman who lost like 150 pounds. It's ridiculous. He's like the Marshall Yonda. Mm-hmm. The, uh, who's the former Steeler that's down there in Louisiana? Vanica. 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 Some of those offensive Jeff Saturday. Like Nick is shredded. That's awesome. Yeah. You and me did a combine thing together. It was awesome. It was fantastic. That was the best. I had a good time. I can't believe they let us do that. We, we had a desk on the, on the field. Do yeah. they still do that? Right at the end of the 40s. They don't do that anymore. They do not. They make us get off. So we just did it for pre this year before the combine started. And they're like, all right, get the hell out. No, we used to be on the, the field for the entire combine. And we had, remember, they gave us wireless. So we would then just start walking around, <laughs> putting the mic in people's faces. It was great. It was uh, it was unreal. Yeah, that's how that's how I mentioned it last time. Uh, my boy, Michael Young, who uh, does stuff with, with uh, IndyCar. Reached out to me and said, Pat goes on with uh, Bob and Tom, and he's the funniest fuck you've ever met. You've got to put him on. And I was like, all right, I'll, I'll see what I can do. And Very that's nice of you. Shout out to Michael Young, by Michael the way. Young, My yeah. dude. Yeah. Go ahead, AJ. Hey, what was it like being in L.A., watching the Rams go on this run? Like, Were you surprised to see some people jump on the bandwagon? We saw, obviously, all the stars at the game. It just t- it happened that the game was in L.A. this year. But was it surprising to see the support they got? Yes and no. You know, it's a it's a great bandwagon town. You know, it really is. And because <laughs> LA, yeah. Great I mean, bandwagon. <laughs> you guys were uh you guys were there. You know what it's like. I mean, and you had an unbelievable week of weather it too. It's disgusting. Yeah. Right? So there's poop everywhere. Ah, poop. That part. Yes it is. Downtown LA is disgusting. There is poop everywhere. And What's get, that all about? Come on, LA. Yeah, clean it up. It's, yeah, they gotta clean it up. It's a mess, man. It's you know what, I don't wanna get political, but hey, Garcetti, Newsom couple guys with nice haircuts not good governance <laughs> you, get, you get an a for the haircut and you get a you get an f for how you're running the state and the city listen i don't mess. i don't want to dive in too much but every time i've gone to la for the last 15 years darius butler said this and it was like very real every time i've gone for the last 15 years it's gotten worse each yeah. time basically and it's still beautiful there's still parts that are amazing right but i think that was the most surprising to us aj right whenever we were walking around out there for super bowl it was like 
this is disgusting. Yeah. It was, it was almost and, like. And, and by the way, like, so where I get off the freeway to go to NFL Network uh, at Prairie in the 105, so up to like maybe a month before the Super Bowl, it is a full-on city. It is oh. a homeless encampment. Those oh. RVs, by just, the way. That's what I was talking about, Pat. They moved them. them. And they just. Oh, yeah. It's not how you said it. It's like they just got a <laughs> scooper. That's kind of what it is. is Drove a street sweeper through and just fucking pushed it right into the ocean. And then all of a sudden, like three weeks before the Super Bowl, I'm like, hey, what happened to all those people? (laughs) (laughs) It's just a bunch of bright brown mulch now. Isn't this incredible? Yeah, it was. It was wild to watch. And and I would assume the uh, how long have you lived in LA now? Thirty years. Oh, so it's thirty-one years. So you love the city. And I've lived everywhere. So I live, like now I live in Orange County, um, which is incredible. Ooh, it's it's oh, incredible, yeah. man. It's incredible. Um, but I've lived in Venice, what? Malibu, what? the Valley, what? West Hollywood, what? Fairfax District, what? right? Uh, Los Alamitos. What? Yeah. Did you ever live in any of those RVs? Some of them look really yeah, nice. Yeah, they were nice. Big ones. There was that one right across the overpass we uh-huh. saw. Yeah. Right? That was the king of the castle. Diesel. When I, uh, when I moved to uh, Venice, when I got a, a spot in Venice on 4th and Rose, there was a storage facility uh, across the street of 4th where I lived. And I'm up early. I'm like, yeah, I might go for a little jog, you know, in the neighborhood, kind of close to the beach again. Let's see what we got going. I start jogging. The the the, the door pulls open on the storage facility. I swear to God, a hundred people just came out. <laughs> LA is the best. I was like, there it is, Venice. Uh, the weather is fantastic. We're wrapping up here on Sirius XM. We got about a minute and a half left on radio. YouTube will obviously continue. Matt Money Smith joining us of NFL Network fame and. Big Ten basketball tournament, Hell yeah. obviously. Doing it on Compass Media Network, starting at uh, 545, I think it's tip tonight, Nebraska-Northwestern. Hey, let's get a couple uh, predictions. Who's winning the entire March Madness basketball okay. tournament? Who's winning the Super Bowl? Actually? All right, so I'll go. Uh, I think it's so hard to pick against Gonzaga. This year's team is even better than last year's team. I'd love to pick UCLA because, uh, you know, you get embedded with a team and you start cheering for them. So uh, they'll go back to the Final Four. But I think uh, this is... I thought they were the best team last year. Baylor got them. I uh, just ran them out the gym early. But this is the year that, that they end up in the Super Bowl. About. Super Bowl. Is there, do you want to give me like a, a qualifier to help me out here? Who's winning the Super Bowl? You say, hey, listen, you work for the Chargers. You're oh, yeah, Chargers. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Aside from the Chargers. Exactly. Because obviously okay. the Chargers. As a host. Yeah. Yeah. As a host. I, I apologize. <laughs> well, from- listen, Pat, if you're forcing me to not be able to take the Chargers. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm doing here. Yeah, yeah. You can't take the Chargers. I think the AFC is just a gauntlet. It's a, it's so nasty. Um, so I'm going to go Packers, yes. represent the NFC, yes, and I'm going to go, uh, ah, ah, you know what? I'm going to take the Chargers. Okay. Okay. I'm going to oh. take that. You weren't allowed to though. That was actually, oh, that's right. that was a part <laughs> of the. If I take the Chargers out of a Chiefs, I think it comes out of the AFC West. Okay. The Bills are the favorites right oh, now to win the Super Bowl. I like the Bills. <laughs> there it is. Nah, you give five answers. <laughs> We're back tomorrow. What about the Broncos now? Maybe the 49ers. What about the Broncos? I don't like that fit. Ooh. Ooh. We'll see you tomorrow. Chris Mad Dog Russo's next. Oh, nailed it. We hit that fucking thing. Hey. On the screen. Once again. Boom. Money. Bang. Money. Bang. Bow. Way Bow. to go, Pat. I appreciate it. Hand it off to me. Now I'm going to start my show. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty yeah, good. Totally. Actually, he starts with. We saw it live in Radio Row. <laughs> Blows awesome. your dome. We shut down. It does blow your Sorry, dome. Sorry, I did that again. No, no. Damn. By the way, when you said it the first time, 
Loved it. I actually said, bloody damn great. <laughs> and uh, probably, now that you said it again, we're going to do that. We stopped the show completely to watch him do it live. Mm-hmm. Every single day he brought it. Now he's battling Stephen A. every single mm-hmm. Wednesday. Yep. I've, I've, my, he's a stud. My respect for him is only grown. He hates us on his channel, but I my respect for him is only grown. Yeah, I like when he, uh, I, so listen, I, there's different reasons to listen to Chris, right? To the mad dog, to doggy. Um, but some of them, I just love how he brings people on. Like if you're going to be his guest. Here we go, Pat McAfee. Joining me now, Pat. Uh, let's talk about a putter. Matt Arieza. Uh, your thoughts on him and whether or not you should take a putter in the third round. I want your thoughts on that. What do you think of that? Go ahead. What do you what, what, what do you make of it? Go ahead. Yeah, thank you, Matt Dog. Um, <laughs> I love how he says your thoughts. Go ahead. I'd love to know what you think. And then when you're done, Oh, that's a great answer. <laughs> he's a, a gentleman. That's a good answer. That's he's, a good answer. Hey, you draft a punter, by the way. If he's going to be great, you might as well. Why not? Look at look at uh, Big Dick Dixon up yeah. in Seattle, right? Very mm-hmm. good. I mean, you, you don't think teams would trade a, a fourth rounder to get him on there? I mean, I think they would, right? Yes. 100%. Yeah, it depends if you have a good defense. If you have a good defense, you right. definitely want there a you good go. punter. That's the, if you go to a team that has a bad defense, there's no purpose of having a good punter because the field position doesn't matter because you punt the ball. That's like great the, point. Yeah, that's the most heart. That. That's the most heartbreaking <laughs> thing of all time. Pin somebody at the five. First play, they're at the thirty. Yes. It's like all right. So we didn't even. There was zero reason for me to even do what I just did. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's the entire. So normally, you when you see somebody get drafted at the punting position, it's going to a team that has good defense because it's like, hey, you gotcha. set us up, we'll be able to go get it. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, that's kind of that whole thing. I was drafted pick two twenty two. Oh yeah. Some say best pick two twenty two of yeah. all time. How do you argue that? Well, there's only like four picks left. I mean, I was I could have I could have been able to pick the place that I want to, but instead, instead. And now look, you make it your home. I love this place, right? Mm-hmm. Would be cool if I could surf though. Yeah, yeah surfing sounds sweet. Anytime, come on out. Me and Willow stay at the house. Me and Willow. Yeah, Willow go. the dog will go run around. You throw the frisbee on the beach with her, and then uh, throw a wetsuit on you. We get in. So, do you have to wake up that early because the rest of the world wakes up? When so, the wave comes, right? Yeah, so part of it is uh, if the wind picks up, it's, you know, sometimes it'll blow the wave out. If it's if it's an onshore, if it's blowing from the ocean to land, sometimes it'll just, it blows the wave out. Oh. So it's blowing offshore. Now we're talking. Now we're getting some shape. But so that's the other problem is it gets windy um, if the, the later it gets. So in the morning, it tends to be a little bit more calm and the waves uh, hold up a little better when they're not as big. Um, and also it's just schedule, you know, this way. Um, out of the water before the kids are You're going to school. You're dead tired, though, when that alarm goes off. I'm not. I'm You're really a morning not. person, natural morning person? Yeah. Well, I did morning I did morning radio for 10 years. Your voice oh. is a radio mm-hmm. voice. So is my face. <laughs> no, no, no. Not at all, dude. I disagree. You got, got that Pepperdine face, face yeah. dude. You got that super Pepperdine face. Uh, tonight's game, 545? 545, Nebraska Northwestern. You and Mike. Waz, my man Waz Let's from go. Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. You want to talk? By the way. Can plug. he still shoot? Oh, yeah. Mm. yeah. That happens. People that can shoot can stick with the shot, I think. And you can shoot. Every once in a while. Yeah, Every know. once in a while, my Every ass, unless they're editing the hell out of those videos, which <laughs> no, I don't think they are. No, no, no. Well, <laughs> I think you can shoot. Shots. I will say, I've done 17 boxing fights in the last two days. Wasn't able to wipe my ass this morning. I'm assuming, <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming my shot is not going to be great today. Wait a minute. Wipe your ass. You're not a man with a with a Toto washlet. Oh, the bidet, uh, the, the neo rest, yeah. Well, the, the amount of work that takes with a plumber, you got to call oh, in. Yeah, and you got to do hey, the entire thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna attribute this because he he earned it. When when I first got my bidet, Adam Carolla said to me, "Eh, you want to just mash fucking mud into the carpet? <laughs> you want to clean your asshole?" <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. And I was like, 
that's the visual that I needed. I need to get a bidet. Listen, I'm a bidet guy. Yeah. Anytime I go somewhere with a bidet, I am pooping as much as possible. 100%. At the place where the bidet is. But getting a bidet into the house is a lot of work, isn't you already it? Got water, you already got a water line. All you need is you got to just have power. So as long as you got power, which you got switches, you know, to turn on the light and the fan. I mean, so not on. as hard as I'm th- making not it Not as hard at all as you're thinking. You got to get that Toto Neo rest. It'll change your life. I mean that. It okay. will change your life. And for those of you out there that may not have big bread to throw around on a $5,000 toilet, they make seats that just mount to your current toilet oh. that have everything built in. It's got they the water. They used to sponsor pit. the show, Pat. No, that was... No, that was no a, the soft spa bidet was a much different bidet. Jay. Was it? But it was like the seat, though, that you put on yeah. top that yeah, but- is a bidet, a cheaper version. Yeah, it was. Well, the, the bidet company that sponsored our show, great bidet. Yeah, right? sauce I'm sorry. Love that bidet. Yeah. It's an exceptional bidet. Sauce this Toto sounds pretty good. Yeah, Toto sounds good. Sauce Ball is very Sauce Ball, actually, that you're giving people $500 on top of it <laughs> yeah. for the plumber to make sure it could work. That's kind of where this that? narrative got started. Yeah, that's kind of where. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Yeah, that's they kind of scared people off. Scared the shit out of me. I'm, yeah. like, I ain't fucking I'm not doing a plumber. It. Yeah, no way. Yeah. I ain't doing it. You're saying not as tough as what we sound. You got to look. We, what do we got to do, right? We got to help each other out. We got to help these contract, these subs out, these plumbers, you know? Yeah, and these yeah, butts, true. too. Exactly. Yeah, true. Exactly yeah, right. So let's uh, call your friends at Sauce Bob. Maybe they'll... Uh, no, I'm going Toto. Sounds like 100%, dude. Sounds 100%. like I'm going Toto. Neo Rest. It'll change. I'm not kidding. I, I, I cannot oversell this. Everybody I've turned on to with the bidet is like, dude, you right. changed my life. I just now, bought one Toto. I just bought it. <laughs> I just ordered it. <laughs> Hey, Money, you ever you ever run that left shoulder into some coral or something? It looks like you have a little AC joint irritation. That's a great observation. Not, it is disgusting. You want to see how deformed I am? Oh, sure. Ready? Yeah. Look at that. Oh, so it's a... Uh, oh, yeah. Disgusting. Yeah. Disgusting. That's not even 300% connected. displacement. This was uh, oh, Squaw Valley, Tahoe, oh, snowboarding. Oh. Uh, coming down the mogul like run. Fresh I was, uh, I was like, oh, I'm going to pull a three, sweet uh, 360 off this last mogul. Ooh. And uh, I, I, I'm... Got some speed going, catch my back edge, go upside down in the air. Oh, and, you know, it's one of those, ah, shit moments when you're in the air. So I just kind of tucked my head, hoping I didn't break my neck and started puking everywhere. I guess because I'm just a coward or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but all of a sudden I'm just like, oh, man, that really hurt. It's getting all warm. And the, <laughs> It's just crazy. <laughs> Did it get fixed, or that's just how it is? So, so uh, I, I go to see the doctor, um, and another shout out to my man, Doctor Andy Carrick, the only shout out Andy. He, uh, he played small forward on the Santa Clara teams with Steve Nash. Was the first freshman to start at Santa Clara since Kurt Rambis. NIT Holy favorites, shit. yeah, they're there NIT favorites by Rothstein. So, <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Rothstein. <laughs> shout out <laughs> your face through the monitor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he's like, you know what? Derek Jeter has the exact same injury, and he didn't get it fixed because he's like, it's cosmetic at this point. He's like, you know, we're going to drill a hole in there. We're going to put a wire and pull it down. He goes, but you're not going to get any more strength out of it. The AC joint is gone. So he's like, if you don't care... Then yeah, I wouldn't do the surgery. So. Yeah, AJ's a bully, obviously. Yeah, he's time. You a bully? What do you mean? I'm trying to show how tough he is. Exactly. Shout out to Stampsy and to Carrick. <laughs> there you go. And uh, a lot to of you. Shout-outs. We appreciate the hell out of you, man. Come on, I love you guys. Man. No, we you love you. Yeah, yeah, seriously. You. Thank you for coming in. I don't know what we would have done this last hour. <laughs> no yeah. idea. Like you made this. <laughs> yeah. I'm very it was thankful. Awesome. Yeah. Very, Matt, uh, what time are you got? What time are you on with Petros? Uh, Petros and I go three to seven every day, unless uh, where at? So we're on. Show is huge, by the way. 
it's gigantic out there. I talk to anyone in California, like they've been listening for a long time. Thanks, AJ. I appreciate that, AJ. It's 16 years we've been doing it, and uh, three to seven in the afternoon. Wow. We are we are PMS brethren. Petros and Money Show, Pat McAfee Show. Oh. So, yeah, we've, been doing, we've been doing PMS for a long time. Petros is uh, pros versus Joes. Yes. Yep. Petros Papadakis, and he now AJ, you uh, he he you broke your seal with Petros in the in the booth, right? Yep, I did a three-man booth. The first game I yeah. ever did was with Petros, and I, I did a few more that year. He's awesome. Sweet Petros voice, right? Great yeah. dude, yes. Very recognizable. Very recognizable voice. I don't think um, I've ever met him. He played quarterback for USC, though, right? Running, running, running back. back. Oh, okay, okay. Running back. You and, guys uh, go for 16 years, 3 to 7 Pacific? 16 years, yeah. God. 3 Radio? to 7. Damn. Radio. Any video? No video component. Really, dude, we're we're old men. We we fucking missed the boat, man. <laughs> we missed the boat. You know what's gonna happen to me? This is like so. I, you know, I was in the music business for a while. Doing and, what? Uh, I was a record promoter and I was a music director at K Rock for done everything. I was a music director at K Rock for two years and I was a record promoter at uh, London Records slash Records DreamWorks Records for like ten. Damn. You're awesome! Wow. Um, but, uh, How old are you? Thirty-five. <laughs> <laughs> I'm forty-eight. I'm old. Um, forty-eight. But, but Napster put us out of business. Oh, shout out. Justin Timberlake. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Put us out of business. And Drop I feel like the... that's what, you know, brilliant programs like this are going to do to my radio career. Just... We ain't brilliant, pal. We just got a lot better because you joined us. Thank you so much. Good luck in the game Love tonight. You guys, man. How are you here all weekend? I'm here. No, I'm only doing the first two rounds because I've been gone for 10 days, man. I'm losing my mind. I'm, I, my, it's just so packed with meat and sausage and bread and dough oh, and uh-huh. all the stuff I've been eating uh, since I've been here. I'm heading home tomorrow night. Well, so, safe travels. Appreciate we appreciate it. you stopping well, by. You look so cool. Yeah. yeah. Stop it, man. Even with that shoulder that AJ's trying it's, to mock. Yeah. yeah. I can't stop. Right. I have a very similar thing. That's why I noticed it. That's right. We are, uh, look at that. It's disgusting. I'll try to bring others down to your level. Huh? Yeah, it's <laughs> interesting. AJ, it's unbelievable. Look at all those books behind him. All oh, right. Learned man. Just your quick guess. Those books real or not? Oh, that's a bummer. They're not real, huh? <laughs> <laughs> what? Whoa, money. AJ, grab a book. Show them. They could be real. Grab one. I don't want to mess up the show. I'll distract him. Is it going to be like Putin's hand going through the microphone? (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to get too political. (laughs) All right, we're back tomorrow. Uh, Money, you're the best. We should do a giveaway. Hashtag PMS money. Yeah. yeah. We'll give away, uh, say, number one to something. Uh, Three. Nah, it's a little low. Oh, it is. Okay. So when you said something, uh, how about 30? That's too much. Okay. Uh, Nine. Perfect. There anyway, it is. I'm Graham. Use hashtag BMS money and put your cash tag in there. Take a screenshot right now. Take a screenshot right. Hold on. Take a screenshot. Oh, yeah, take a screenshot right, right now. Oh, yeah. Boom. Hashtag PMS money. Put your cash tag in there. Screenshot that. We'll give away nine grand because of money's nine. Hell yeah. Woo! Hell yeah. Hell yeah. We were, Hell yeah. I wasn't going to do something. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, money. 20 years. Money, tell Herbert to do this for the rest of his career. Guaranteed Hall of Fame. Right Two here. quarterbacks have ever done it. They're Hall of Famers. Okay. Ben done. Aaron Rodgers both doing this a lot whenever they're walking yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Done. Herbert should add that to the repertoire. Maybe. Done. Uh, shout out to you, money. You're the best. Shout out to everybody that watched. Big shout out to Greg Olson, John Rothstein, uh, Tim Stamps, Andy Stampson. Carrick. Yep. Yeah. And uh, Petros Papadakis, Petros Papadopovich, uh, Willow. Willow, Willow, the dog, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Michael Young, and to that South Bay uh, wave that you dance with yes. every single South Well, South Swell, Swell, fuck, Sorry. Right. try bitch. to get it all there. Uh, dude, that's impressive. 
Thank you. Impressive recall. Well, every once in a while. You could dance at that whiteboard. Yeah, used to be able to. <laughs> now, you know, I smoke too much. Right. <laughs> We're back in about 21 hours. Cheers, you all the best. Good luck at the game. Hashtag PMS money. Uh, screenshot from earlier with your cash tag from Cash App. We'll give away $9,000 randomly. Also, shout to SeatGeek because uh, yeah, we actually yeah. have. Uh, we'll do it tomorrow. We'll do it. PMS SeatGeek Mania winners will announce tomorrow. Awesome. Uh, a couple people going to WrestleMania. You are the best. We'll see you. Cheers. Hey, AJ, have a great afternoon, Bob. Bye. You too.